What's going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. Today I've got a uh, compilation of some story times. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply going on for you guys you guys tend to really love when i make these like super long videos so uh i figured i'd throw some of my favorite story times of the year into a compilation for you guys so sit back relax and enjoy and don't worry 12 days of scrubs will still happen this year either way it's definitely still a better fight than whatever jake paul's doing next so i figured i would share it with you guys so without further ado let's get into it all right so this takes place in this dude's first college english class and whenever you're doing like your core classes at college you know english basic level math all that the class sizes are absolutely massive like once you're into your more specialized classes it's different but they will definitely cram like as many people possible into a beginner English class in college. For example, this dude's class had like well over 150 students, you know, and if you consider the fact that this is definitely not the English teacher's only class, it's super possible that the professor in this class had well over like a thousand students total. And obviously, if you have a thousand students, there's just no way that you're going to be able to like memorize all of them, know all their names, remember all their faces. It's just just unrealistic that's a crap ton of people for this teacher supposedly to like learn everything about in one sweep anyways about two months into class it's a pretty normal lesson the teacher is just kind of at the bottom of the auditorium doing what he's got to do teaching them about English when some dude just kind of stands up and the dude was seated in the middle of the auditorium so he's just kind of standing there and at first everyone just kind of tries to ignore him even the teacher just goes about teaching the lesson being like you know maybe he's got to stretch his legs or something I don't know what's going on but the dude is standing there for about five minutes straight and it gets to the point where even the teacher can't ignore it and he's like hey can I ask you what's going on you've been standing for a while in the middle of class like is there an issue you know what's going on and the guy is like I have a question about an assignment that I had turned in earlier can I ask you about it and obviously the teacher is a little bit confused because it's like literally the middle of class and he's in the middle of teaching so he looks at the guy and he's like yeah of course you can ask a question but can you just please wait until the end of class like it's just not really the time to do this right now so if you can wait till the end of class I'll help you but I'd appreciate it if you just like sat down and the guy for whatever reason is really offended by being told to to sit down and wait till the end of class because he's like no I won't wait till the end of class I want to take care of it now and I'm just not understanding what could have possibly been going through this dude's head because like it's just very obviously not the time to do this it's the middle of class he's in the middle of teaching so you're gonna stand up right now demand he answer your question interrupt everyone else's class time cut your class short when he's saying he's willing to help you if you just wait till the end of class like now you're just gonna go out of your way to piss off everybody but whatever that's what he goes with and so the teacher stares at him for a second and then asks him a pretty good question you know he says is it really more important for me to answer and deal with your question right now than it is to keep teaching the other
other 162 students in class what they're paying me to teach them like listen man even if you think your assignments the most important one in the planet there's like 160 other people in this class that are also paying this dude the same amount of money and I'm sure they don't want to spend their class time listening to him help you with your problems and I think it's a pretty fair question, you know. I just don't understand what he's thinking. There's no issue with asking about the assignment, right? I get it. You gotta ask questions if you don't understand it. If you have questions, do what you gotta do. But there's a time and a place to ask questions, and right in the middle of class is definitely not the time or the place. But the dude is still just standing there and just, like, not really saying anything, and he goes, no, it's not that it's more important than everyone else in class. I just want it to be taken care of now. And obviously, at this point, the teacher is starting to get annoyed like he's tried to calmly explain why this can't be taken care of right now so he just kind of snaps at the guy and says dude seriously just wait until the end of class which listen I don't think that's that bad even if that's considered snapping just saying like dude please wait till the end of class in my opinion is is pretty normal it's what I would have said in this situation but you would have thought that this professor just called this dude a tube sock full of poop based on his reaction to being told dude just wait till the end of class he starts screaming that, you know, he better be addressed by his name. He doesn't want to be disrespected by being called dude. Which, I didn't realize dude was like an insanely disrespectful thing to call someone. Maybe it's just because, you know... I, I talk like an idiot or something, but I thought it was perfectly okay to call somebody dude. I didn't think saying dude wait until the end of class was like mean. If anything, I feel like it's a nice thing to say. He could be like, yo moron, please shut up. But no, he said dude, just wait till the end of class. Anyways, the professor at that point laughs a little bit about just how absurd this entire situation was and said that he didn't know the guy's name even if he wanted to call him by his name. Which, I, once again, is probably just a true fact. I mean, it's two months into class, this dude's probably got, like, well over a thousand students. There's 160 other people in your class. He probably doesn't know your name, and I don't think that's, like, a disrespectful thing. I don't think that's him trying to poop on your parade. Let's just be honest, if you had a thousand students every year, eventually you'd probably stop learning all their names, because what, you're just gonna learn another thousand names in six months anyways. But now the dude is just freaking out about the fact that the teacher admitted he doesn't know his name and he starts going off about how obviously he's a horrible educator if he's not even going to take the time to learn all of his students names and listen I think that could kind of be an argument if this is like an elementary school teacher right like you're not going to learn these kids names this is a college professor does it really matter if he knows your name like as long as you pass the class you're an adult why does it bug you so much that he doesn't know your name just pass the class like I said the guy has a thousand students him not knowing your name isn't like a a personal insult he's not saying you're irrelevant and not worth knowing he's just saying that he doesn't know everyone's name because there's a lot of people and so the professor, still trying to, like, de-escalate the situation, kind of explains that, you know, I have a ton of students, I can't remember everyone's name, and if that's really gonna bug you so much that you're gonna start screaming in my classroom, I think it's best that you just leave the class. Which, honestly, I think it's fair at this point. Usually I'm not pro, like, kicking people out of class, but if the dude's just not going to accept that he needs to wait until the end of class and keep arguing with you and wasting everyone's time, kicking him out at that point is fair. I mean, think about it. He interrupted the entire class. 
glasses, yelling over nothing, freaking out that this dude doesn't know his name. At that point, it's probably better that he's just not in the class, at least for the rest of today, because now he's just affecting everyone's class. And college ain't cheap, bro. Like, if I was one of the 162 people in here, I'd be like, listen, man, I paid the same amount of money that you did, and I don't care that he doesn't know my name. I just want to pass and get out of here. Obviously, he doesn't like that very much, and he starts arguing back again with the teacher, saying that he's not leaving, and he can just deal with him being here until he, you know, answers his question. And so the teacher at that point just kind of starts trolling him, which, you know, maybe not have been the most mature choice, but it is funny. Who cares? This guy's being worse. And so he just starts kind of like mocking his arguments, you know, well, why don't you know my name? You're unprofessional for not knowing my name. Just kind of messing with him. And obviously the class starts laughing out it because it's pretty funny. Like this guy's just being a cringe lord for no reason in the middle of class. So obviously if the teacher's making fun of him, you're going to laugh at it. You know, maybe you're one of the saints that wouldn't have laughed at all because you just think it's unfair. But whatever, you're a better person than I. I would have laughed, so it, it is what it is. Anyways, the entire class laughing at him sets him off a little bit, and he starts walking down the stairs of this auditorium towards the teacher. And it's obvious he's pissed because he's got, like, his fists clenched by his side. And he starts walking over to the professor once he gets to the bottom of the stairs and gets up in his face. And the professor isn't looking scared at all, but he just kind of says, Hey, man, it looks like you're about to do something you regret. I really wouldn't do that. You know, I would just leave before this gets turned into a bigger deal. And so he's up in his face and he starts yelling about how like, oh, now you don't want to be Mr. Tough Guy making fun of me. Like, I could smack you right now. Not so tough now, are you? Which like, you know, I also don't think it's tough to be threatening your English teacher. Listen, I think getting up in his face, obviously he's going to de try to de-escalate the situation. He's not going to try to make it worse. Oh, not a tough guy now, are you? It's like, no, do you want him to fight you over this, bro? Like, do you, do you want him to start being a tough guy? He's a college professor. That's not really his job. Regardless, once he threatens to smack the professor, now he's the one escalating it, so the teacher isn't looking afraid at all and says, if you're gonna smack me, just know that I'm gonna fight back and you're not gonna like that. And the student kind of takes that as a challenge of like, oh, okay, so go ahead and smack me. So he reaches out and grabs the professor's left arm. And, you know, I'm pointing out that he grabbed the left arm only because I'm sure he regrets not grabbing the right because the teacher, as soon as this guy grabs his left arm, just lets a nasty right hook fly and just smacks this dude right in the cheek. And the student literally lets go and grabs his face and just goes, you just hit me. You just hit me. And the professor says, yeah, and I'm going to do it again if you come at me and touch me again. How about you just get out of the class? Which, listen, man, I don't know what you expected the professor to do. You threaten him and then grab him. Obviously, at that point, he's going to feel threatened and defend himself. Like, if somebody said, I'm going to smack you and then grabbed me, I'm going to assume the fight is on. I'm not going to be like, no, he is peacefully grabbing my left elbow as a sign of peace. No, I'm, I'm probably going to hit you. I don't like violence. I'm going to try to avoid the fight, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm looking for it, but if someone's up in my face and grabs me, like, what am I supposed to do in that situation? Anyways, now the entire class is yelling at the guy to leave, so he just kind of leaves the classroom with his tail between his legs because nobody was backing him up. And after he leaves, the professor is like, all right, this is probably going to turn into an incident, and I understand I probably shouldn't have done that, but if anyone's willing to, like, be a witness, 
witness and say that I was defending myself, I'd appreciate it. And obviously all the students are like, yeah, of course, dude. He kind of walked up to you and grabbed you and like was screaming in class. You had nothing to do with that. And everyone was even more understanding because like everyone in college is an adult, right? At that point, by the time you're an adult, you should probably know that it's a bad idea to charge someone, threaten to smack them and then grab them. Like, that's just a very bad idea. In fact, if anything, I would venture to say that you should probably know that even before you get to college. Like, that's one of those things they probably should have covered by the time you're applying to college. Don't fight anyone, all right? Regardless, sure enough, the student that had gotten hit by the teacher goes to the administration and starts saying that the teacher attacked him out of nowhere, da-da-da-da-da, and obviously the administration has to investigate it. And his entire story was that this teacher had had a mental breakdown in the middle of class and had started attacking him and hit him for no reason. Which, you know, based on the uh, actual events, I'm not sure I would have gone with that story to the administration, considering it's not even close. Like, obviously, he's gonna tell a version of events that makes him look better. He's not gonna be like, huh, I sure was stupid, right, guys? But you can't just make up that the dude had a mental break and smacked you out of nowhere when the entire class saw what actually happened. If anything, I feel like the situation is just this student thinking he's way more important than he is, assuming that the teacher should have, A, learned a thousand names and faces or be just his either one of which is a little ridiculous sorry man you really can't be offended when people don't know your name like if anything I feel like it would be even weirder if after two months of classes he knew no one's name but yours ah yes my favorite student I've memorized only your name and face and I watch you sleep in your dormitory like I would be more weirded out if the professor randomly just knew only my name everyone else in class nah just me oh yeah and if you did expect him to learn a thousand names you probably got to give him more than like two months bro I'm just saying if I had to learn a thousand names I need at least three months and even then I'm still not gonna do it anyways that's his story he's sticking with and obviously it falls apart pretty quickly once they start looking into it at all you know because they start asking the teacher they ask students in the class what happened and believe it or not when there's a hundred and sixty witnesses that say that they saw something completely different than you did it doesn't end up going down that well you know especially when it's something as serious as saying some teacher attacked you like the guy's gonna get fired if this is true obviously not a lot of people are gonna be down to just uh, roll with it especially when that's just not even close to what happened you know oh you, you don't understand he randomly attacked me leaving out the part where he just stood up in the middle of class and then proceeded to start arguing with the teacher over something the teacher knew nothing about uh, conveniently leave that out and even then bro let's say that like you know they bring him in and they start asking him why is the entire class saying that you started it and grabbed the teacher and that's why he hit you there's really no explanation what is he gonna go with that all 165 people in the class are conspiring against him in one big conspiracy you know you've heard of the the Kennedy assassination and how many people have shut up on that how do you not know that everyone in the class is against me right now and the professors just paying them off so they can join NASA like just going off this crazy list of how everything worked out perfectly for everyone to turn against him at one time I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna assume that the professor ended up getting a stern talking to just because obviously smacking kids is never a good idea not that he was actually a kid but I'm sure they weren't thrilled but at the same time like it is basically self-defense man I don't know what you expect him to do a student walks up to him threatens him say he's going to hit him and then grabs him obviously he's gonna have to like defend himself at that point regardless even though there was probably a stern talking to he didn't end up getting fired because uh, he was still their professor after that the student on the other hand was never seen in that class again and he never saw him around campus either the person who sent this into me but I'll be 
honest, after that, I feel like your only option is to transfer. Like, if you lose it in class and a professor smacks you, you gotta just change schools. In fact, if anything, I probably wouldn't even stop at schools. You might as well just go ahead and change states at that point, move to the south, start faking a southern accent, and deny anything about who you were. One day, you're gonna be in a bar, people are gonna start talking about, you know, oh, those college professors sure are pansies or something. And you're gonna be like, well, I tell you what, those college professors sure can pack a punch one time one of them knocked me out in one swing i was so flabbergasted i had to move down south and fake an accent anyways other than that the teacher did become a little bit of a legend around that school but i mean how could he not be dude he one-shotted somebody half his age while wearing a suit i gotta get the number to this teacher's tailor he's got some movement in there you know being able to swing in a suit isn't easy probably went to the same dude that james bond went to just to make sure that he had the elite protection but also movement to defend himself uh i probably would have just walked up to the dude and started asking him to teach me karate lessons regardless i guess the moral of the story on this one is to like not fight your teacher but I've got a 95% feeling that all of you already knew that and if you didn't know that uh, I don't know what to tell you I don't really think any YouTube video or anyone telling you anything's gonna work out if you think fighting your teacher is still a good idea all right so like I said a subscriber sent this in to me and all they said at the top of the message was that you know Minecraft kids stole my phone and immediately I was interested all right because uh, Minecraft kid in the title tends to bang for me and on top of that it's always weird to me when people steal a phone right like I guess I could understand stealing the new iPhone or whatever like I, I still don't really get it but to me stealing someone's phone is just bizarre because chances are you have your own phone and like now you just hold this thing with all their memories on it are you really the type of person to delete all that and just go sell it maybe you are hey I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't do that I'm just saying that's not my vibe Anyways, basically the person who sent this in to me volunteers to tutor some middle schoolers every week so that way he can like say he did community service and put it on his college application. You know, I'm sure he tells them that he does it because, like, uh, education or whatever, but he was very honest with me about, like, yeah, I kind of do this, so that way I can put it on my application, and usually it's not too bad. However, in this particular tutor group, there was one insanely spoiled kid who just literally never listened, you know, made it way harder to do his job as the tutor. And on top of that, it was especially annoying, because it's not like he's getting paid to deal with this, right? It's one thing, I'm sure, if you're, like, a, a babysitter or or whatever and you're at least getting the bag to deal with something difficult but he was just really having to like tell minecraft kid to stop screaming for literally free you know i'm not even sure why this kid came to tutoring in the first place but he would literally show up in the entire time sit there and play minecraft on his ipad he wouldn't pay attention to what anyone said he wouldn't do any other practice problems you know he wouldn't talk to them about school it was almost like his parents were just using this tutoring as a free babysitting service you know they were like yeah you don't really have to do what they tell you to do there as long as they watch you and he would literally just sit there and play games the entire time and regardless of whether or not he paid attention every week without a veil uh, without a fail sorry at tutoring minecraft kid would be there just loudly playing minecraft on an ipad and what's really crazy about that 
to me is like Minecraft is probably one of those games that you literally can play silently like you don't have to make a peep but somehow this kid in his infinite wisdom would show up to tutoring not pay any attention interrupt the class because he's playing Minecraft and just be screaming at it like every now and then probably every 10 minutes or so he would just scream something out loud at the game no matter what it was you know sometimes it's like ah creeper sometimes it's like oh my god I found diamonds but either way whenever you're like trying to teach a bunch of people math and then you have one kid in the corner screaming about diamonds and creepers it puts a damper on the whole thing like listen man no tutor has the ability to make math look more interesting than minecraft that's just a hard sell so you know if you don't want to be a tutoring that's fair but don't come here with your ipad and interrupt it for everybody else and make everybody's life harder when they're volunteering their time to try to help anyways all these other kids are kind of annoyed with it distracted but annoyed with it because they're volunteering there after school time to be at tutoring to try to get their grades up it's not like anyone likes being at school longer than they have to be i highly doubt anyone's hyped to be at tutoring but on top of not being hyped to be at tutoring you just have some kids screaming and you're sitting there like i'm just trying to to study some pre-algebra man can you calm down anyways the subscriber that sent this to me in minecraft kid didn't really get along because uh he had a problem with anyone who told him to do anything so he would scream you know tell him to get off the ipad or whatever and the kid's response would be screaming he would tell him to get off the ipad and do some work and he would be like you're an idiot i don't have to listen to anything you say and so they just kind of didn't really get along because the kid didn't have the ability to like respectfully disagree with anyone this spoiled kid, someone would tell him something reasonable. Like I said, the subscriber would say something like, Hey, please get off the iPad and focus. And instead of just being like, no, sir, I prefer to just play the iPad. I don't really need tutoring in this subject. He would take it as a challenge, you know, an insult. To me, someone saying, hey, please get off the iPad and focus isn't an insult. It's not them challenging to fight you, right? It's not the 1800s where you and your homeboy are like, shall we duel? Go out into the backyard, take 20 paces and kill one. You know, it's a pretty reasonable request to be like, hey, can you stop screaming at Minecraft? But Minecraft kid's response would be like, you're not my dad. I don't have to listen to you, you absolute moron. I don't know who you think you are to tell me what I can and can't do, but it's not school anymore and you're not a teacher, so I don't actually have to listen to anything you say, you absolute idiot. Which, to me, is kind of ballsy to be calling people stupid that much when, like, you know, th all these arguments are taking place in tutoring. I'm not sitting here and saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, if you don't understand a subject, it's probably the best way to understand it. If you want to get your grades up, probably an effective way to do it. That being said, I feel like you've got to have a little bit of self-awareness to realize that calling the person teaching you stuff stupid is a little bit ironic, right? You're an absolute buffoon, an idiot. It's like you're the person who shows up every week to learn stuff from me. You know, if you really think I'm that stupid, then that also means you're stupid for listening to me. Because smart people don't let stupid people teach them. Am I wrong? To me, this is the equivalent of being like, you know, I'm going to learn about the stock market and then calling Warren Buffett an idiot because you woofed, watched Wolf of Wall Street one time, you know? Regardless, those were the type of arguments they would get into. So the subscriber who sent this to me in Minecraft Kid already didn't really get along before any of the phone stealing went down. Anyways, on this particular day, the tutor, the subscriber, was sitting at a table with a couple of kids. One of them happened to be Minecraft Kid, and one of the teachers in charge of tutoring ended up calling him away. So he left his phone in his, like, you know, paper on the desk because he figured he'd be right back. And obviously, in that situation, you're not thinking anyone would would be like dumb enough to steal your phone because you're gonna figure out who did it you're kind of like you're not a teacher but you're in charge I guess so whatever you should be able to leave your phone for a minute 
and he's gone for about three minutes just talking to another teacher, like I said. And he comes back and he's like, well, that's weird. My phone is no longer on the table. You know, I swear that I left it right here. It's not in my pocket. It's not over there. Hmm, my phone's missing. And you know, he hasn't even said anything to everybody at the table yet, but he can just tell by the looks on their faces that they look like they've been up to no good. You know, they're looking a little bit guilty. And so immediately he decides to question them just a little bit, nothing too angry. All right, guys, very funny. You know, who took my phone? Good prank, good prank. Thinking it was a situation where, you know, somebody took his phone, was gonna hide it, and then like if he called him out, they would give it back. But instead of somebody being like, ah, you know, you're right, here it is. Everybody just kind of keeps looking guilty. So he presses them a little bit again. He's like, all right, guys, come on. I'm trying to be cool about this, but who took my phone? You know, don't make me get mad. And nobody fesses up again. And I don't know if if it was a situation of like, they're all in on it, if they just didn't want to be a snitch, if he said, nobody say anything. But Minecraft Kid is smiling and everybody else looks like they're not too thrilled with the situation. And at that point, the sub kind of realizes the tutor, oh no, one of these kids is trying to steal my phone. None of them are saying anything. They're all looking like they're going to keep my mouth shut. I actually don't know where it is. So he kind of starts to be like a little bit angrier about it. Well, nobody's leaving until I get my phone back, you know, and if you guys don't start telling me where it is in about 10 seconds, I'm going to go get the teachers. Obviously, he's just like a little bit of an older kid volunteering. So he goes and gets the teachers because nobody says anything. And they come over and they're like, all right, guys, this isn't funny. Give him the phone. And nobody's fessing up still. Like, you would think at that point, you know, somebody would snitch. Usually whenever I would get in trouble at school, somebody was snitching and saying literally everything within 12 seconds. But none of these kids are saying a word. So the teacher and the tutor are kind of waiting for the parents to show up. And the parents show up, you know, and they kind of let the parents know what's happening. And once again, they tell the kids. They're like, all right, you guys need to hand over the phone. And all of of the kids are saying that they don't have the phone. Obviously, they're gonna say that, you know, I don't think they were all involved in taking it, but like obviously, they're all going to deny having it. What do you think, they're stupid? Oh yeah, sorry, I'm the one that took the phone. All of these problems that we've been talking about, that was my bad. They're in too deep now. Anyways, it gets to the point though where the parents are annoyed because they've been sitting here for 20 minutes waiting for him to get his phone and all the kids are denying it. And obviously, they're not too happy about the, uh, uh what it was it implication that their kid might be a thief so they start to be like maybe you just misplaced it how do you know you didn't lose it why are you assuming that my kid stole it so whatever after a while it ends up being a situation where they can't like keep the kids here forever the parents are starting to turn on them not be on their side so the teacher decides at that point that they're gonna have to let him go and they'll just figure it out later and obviously the person who sent this in to me tutor is just pissed they're like this kid stole my phone and they're gonna get to leave he doesn't want to let him go but like I said there's really nothing they can do since nobody's fessing up they can't like keep everybody here in the school overnight until they find his phone that's not really how this works so whatever, he goes home and the first thing he does is hop on his iPad and check find my iPhone. You know, he figures if he lost it at the school, then it's gonna ping there and, you know, it'll be obvious that he just misplaced it. If it doesn't ping, then that means somebody turned it off or like hacked into it, turned off find my iPhone so it got stolen. Or if it pings not at the school, then somebody took it. And sure enough, it pings not at the school. So it's obvious now that somebody took it. And it points to this like neighborhood relatively in the, the like vicinity of the school that he was at. 
But if you've ever tried to track, like, find my iPhone without an AirTag or something specific, right? It doesn't really give you an exact location. It just gives you, like, you could probably narrow it down to, like, three or four houses. So it's not like he can go over there, knock on the door, and demand his phone back. But at the same time, he now knows that somebody stole it at that school. And he's just pissed because all the parents were trying to make him feel bad for accusing one of them of stealing it. And one of their kids did steal his phone. And at that point, like I said, it's just confirmed that his phone has been stolen. So he takes a screenshot of where it is and he emails it to the teacher that was helping him talk to the parents and is kind of like look here it is it's not at the school this is not my house so somebody took it and he just kind of starts emailing everything that he finds to the teacher just to make sure that there's record of it right he doesn't want anyone to think that he's just making this stuff up or whatever he just wants track of it my thing is you would think someone who stole an iPhone would immediately like turn off the location turn off iCloud all that stuff but for some reason the person who had taken this hadn't turned off the location and they also hadn't turned off the iCloud and that's how this guy figured out that the person who stole his phone was actually the Minecraft kid and he started figuring that out because the kids started using the phone you know I guess when you're stealing people's phones in middle school you don't think about turning off iCloud or like the location he didn't have a passcode on his phone which I personally think is a mistake alright you know you gotta have a passcode that way if some Minecraft kid steals your phone he can't get into it so easily But regardless, because the phone was unlocked, instead of, like, resetting it, turning it off, any of that Minecraft kid just started using it as his own little personal device. That's hilarious to me, dude. You'd think by middle school you would at least be smart enough to realize that, like, I don't know, stealing someone's phone and using it like your own is going to backfire. But over the course of, like, the next couple hours, the camera roll slowly fills up with, like, selfies of the Minecraft kid. He's he's got his iCloud linked, so, like, all the photos sync up. Selfies of him, you know, pictures of his dog, he's screenshotting memes, basically just incriminating himself as the person who was 100% on his iPhone, because on his iPad, everything is popping up, so it's 100% him. And along with that, dude starts coming in screenshots of, like, his Minecraft world that he had started working on, you know, diamonds he found, obnoxious memes... And the everything that he's, like, getting on his iCloud, he's screenshotting, adding to that email chain, so that way he has all the proof. And he's getting more and more pissed off as he's watching this, you know, because the kid is literally, like, screenshotting YouTube videos, playing Minecraft on his phone that he stole. So, whatever, the next day, he gets an email back from the teacher, who is kind of like, wow, alright, give me a second to look at this. He had sent a bunch of different emails with evidence in it, so the teacher takes a little bit to look at everything, and they're emailing back at forth and at first the teacher doesn't want to admit that the kids stole it they're like well I don't know maybe something is up here like maybe there's just a glitch or something but as they continue to look through the emails and more and more of the evidence starts to add up they uh, come to the obvious conclusion which is obviously this kid had something to do with stealing the iPhone but the teacher you know does the very bizarre request of asking if it's okay that they get his phone back during the next tutoring session and those were once a week obviously it had been pretty close to when all this is going down he didn't want to wait a week to not have his phone but the teacher that he's emailing back and forth with is pretty insistent you know no trust me trust me if we can just wait till the next tutoring session I'd really appreciate it the timing would just work out better and obviously the subscriber who sent this in is like no I want my phone back today like I know this kid stole it I'm not gonna let him just keep using my phone 
but the teacher says that she doesn't want to involve the administration because, you know, if there's all this drama and all this trouble about this tutoring group, they'll probably just get rid of it, and she doesn't want to get rid of the tutoring for all the kids just because this one kid stole a phone. And so he's kind of like, all right, fair enough, you know, fine, fine. I really don't want to. I really, really don't want to, but I will wait. Honestly, I probably would have just, like, demanded I get it back that day. Call me horrible for that, dude, but I would have wanted my phone back right away. I'm not about to just let him be running around with my phone for a week. On the bright side, it would give you more time to collect in a bunch of evidence, but, you know, I want my phone back. What am I supposed to do? Be walking around with an iPad in my pocket? Like, if this guy is using his iPad to gather evidence, dude, is he really walking around? Oh, hey, I gotta text my mom back. Pulls off his backpack and, like, you know what I mean? Has to, uh, whip the iPad out of the laptop sleeve to text him back real quick. No, thank you, dude. I would prefer not to wait for my stuff back. I don't care that the kid would get in trouble for it. That's kind of the whole point. You stole my phone. I don't feel bad about that. Anyways, like I said, somehow he gets talked into waiting until the end of the week, so that's what he does. However, tutoring day comes and, you know, he's ready to rock and roll. He wants his phone back, as any of us would. He's not about to just let Minecraft kids steal his phone and run away with it into, you know, the wilderness never to be seen again. Gonna have to comp himself a new device. No thank you, he's trying to get that thing back, bro. New iPhones ain't cheap. Anyways, the uh, entire tutoring session, he's just kind of giving him dirty looks. And then finally, after the tutoring session, the teacher pulls Minecraft Kid aside and the subscriber. And they kind of confront him with this information. You know, they're like, look, you need to give him the phone back now. You know, if you don't, we're going to get your parents involved. I'm going to assume that you don't want that to happen. So if you want this to stay between us and your parents not to get involved, then this is your one chance to give Give us the phone and you can just avoid the rest of this. And I'm gonna say, bro, this kid had to have been spoiled because instead of deciding that that was the point to, you know, give the phone back, he decides to have just, like, go ahead and deny the entire thing. Which, in my mind, means he has to think his parents are crazy enough to back him up here, right? Like, everybody knows he took it. They have selfies of him, screenshots of his Minecraft world. And even then, this is your one chance to, you know, give us the phone and just avoid getting in trouble. I don't have your phone. I don't know what to talk about. So whatever. They're kind of in shock that he denies it simply because they thought the evidence that they had was like immensely overwhelming, which it was. But once again, the kid just kind of denies it and they don't know what to do. So the teacher and the subscriber start to be like, come on, man, really look at the evidence here. Come on, look at it and tell me that you're going to stick to denial. And he pulls out his iPad and starts to be like, here's selfies that you took on the device. Here's screenshots of your Minecraft world. Here's a picture of your dog. Like, here's all these things that ended up on this iPad because it's linked to that phone. We know you have the phone, just admit it. And now he starts to twist it, dude. He's like, no, actually, you took those photos from Instagram and that's not my Minecraft world. You just Googled Minecraft world and took the first screenshot shot you've always hated me you're just trying to get me in trouble and so they start trying to like have an argument you know and finally the subscriber thinks of something and he says all right you said that you don't have it right and he's like yes i didn't steal your phone so if i track it right now it won't be at the school because it wasn't earlier so unless you brought it back you know why would it still be here everyone else is gone and at that point the kid's eyes get all wide he pulls out the ipad pulls up find my phone and sure enough the device is back at the school so at that point it's obvious 
obvious that he literally has it on him. You know, how else is the phone back at the school? Tutoring is after school, so if there was a bunch of, like, other kids that had stolen his phone, they wouldn't be here unless they were also a part of the group. On top of it, you know, what are the odds that somebody else in tutoring steals his phone, takes a bunch of screenshots of him that he knows are going to go to the iPad's iCloud account? Those photos are going to get checked so that way he can frame him for stealing the phone. He just wants his phone back, you know, so even if you frame him and he doesn't have the phone, it doesn't actually get you out of trouble. And at that point, he realizes he's in too deep and just decides to keep playing dumb, pretending that there's nothing he knows about the magic phone. And at that point, his dad is pretty close to getting him. So they're like, all right, dude, well, we're going to talk to your parent when he gets here, you know, and uh, we're going to let him know everything just so you know. And the kid kind of seems confident that he's going to get out of it. Whatever. The dad comes in to pick up his kid and the teacher and the subscriber go to tell him everything that happened. And they're explaining everything. And it's immediately obvious obvious just based off this dad's body language that he is pissed about what he's hearing about and uh not at the kid but in a defensive way he keeps wanting to interrupt you know his arms are all folded and so they finally get to the end of the story and they're like and that's where we're at you know we need you to uh do this. They hadn't shown him the iPad pictures or anything. They just said, we know your son has the phone. And the dad just starts to go on this rant. My son would never steal anything, especially a phone. You're accusing him of something he 100% didn't do, and I can't believe this. He's supposed to come to tutoring to learn. I didn't realize that when I was bringing him here, you were just going to try to, like, accuse him of taking stuff that you were irresponsible and lost. And obviously, the subscriber's getting more and more annoyed because everybody just keeps being like, you made this up. And he's like, your kid literally has my phone. So whatever, he looks at the dad after his rant and says, so if I showed you evidence that proved that your son has my phone, would you believe me? And the dad's like, yeah, sure, I would believe it. But there's no way that he stole your phone. I just don't believe it. My son isn't a thief. You can't go around accusing people of things like that. I'll have you know that I know a lawyer. Like, okay, cool, bro. You know a lawyer? You don't even have a lawyer. You just know one? Awesome. If I bump carts with a dude in the like, grocery store who happens to be a lawyer, I can say that too. Anyways, the uh, subscriber whips out his iPad, shows him all the evidence, kind of explains how it works in terms of like, you know, it's linked to that phone, all the photos on that phone go here that's why i know that he has the phone because he took pictures on the phone that he stole super smart criminal move right i think the best way to go about incriminating yourself is to do it with a really dope selfie you know maybe with a cool background some train tracks or something just to show everyone you mean business regardless the dad kind of looks at the evidence and unlike the kid realizes ah crap my kid definitely stole the phone but instead of admitting that he stole the phone the dad switches his tune which uh you know i'll give him credit for at least coming to terms with the fact that the kid had the phone but he goes into denial in a way that might be even stupider and basically the equivalent of when an ostrich just throws his head into the sand as hard as humanly possible in order to avoid confronting the truth Alright guys, I'm gonna interrupt the video for a second, I'm sorry. For the next couple days, if you're watching this on the date it's coming out, which is the 26th of January, code SCRUBBY at the G Fuel store is gonna be 30% off. Yeah, that's right, so head on over to gfuel.com, pick yourself up some G Fuel, I would very much appreciate it, and use code SCRUBBY, and on that note, let's get back to the video. Anyways, the dad's new theory is, well, there had to have been a misunderstanding. You see, there's no way my child would steal your phone, something 
something had to have confused him, you know, and led to him saying or thinking that he could take the phone. So, you know, something must to have confused him. There's no way my child would steal it. And at that point, he decides to do arguably the stupidest thing you could do in this situation. He looks at the subscriber, who keep in mind is the person who has just had their phone stolen from them by this kid, and says, did you tell him that he could take it or something? Like, did you tell my son that he was allowed to take your phone? No, obviously not, you idiot. Like, what type of stupid question is that? You know, he doesn't even have to answer for that, like, answer to be obvious. No one should have to say anything for the answer to that question to, like, make very, very clear sense to you. Let's put this in perspective, bro. This guy, this random dude, told your kid to steal his phone and take it home, right? And then after he told your son to steal his phone, he got really, really mad about it. And instead of asking for his phone back or anything, decided to accuse him of stealing it, planted a bunch of evidence that would make your son look like he stole it, and then waited a week to pull you aside and get your kid in trouble. Yeah, man, makes total sense, dude. Makes makes total sense to me. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like on a daily basis I end up running into somebody trying to hand out a $1,000 iPhone. Like, no, man, it's not Halloween. I won't take your free technology. Ugh, aren't those people the worst? Those people running around. Take a phone, take a phone. Does he think Mr. Beast is his kid's tutor, dude? Like, I just really don't understand why in the world you would think that somebody would just be walking around handing out expensive pieces of technology for no reason. Especially then getting mad about it like you think that person would be probably one of the most generous people to ever exist in my mind this is like equally as dumb as those people every halloween you know make sure people aren't handing edibles out to your kids people are trying to drug your kids no one's giving edibles to your kid bro i promise you like i really do promise you nobody's sitting there looking at their edibles let me get this off for halloween no one's doing that for free oh did you tell your kid to steal my phone like obviously not anyways though the subscriber at that point is like no I did not tell your kid to take my phone regardless of whether or not you think he's capable of stealing or whatever can you just make him give it back to me at this point I don't care I just want my phone back which fair enough you know it like I'm sure at this point the frustration I I mean I'm not even the person who got my phone stolen and I'm frustrated so in order to keep his cool I'm sure he's just like give me the phone before I become a volcano and just end up going crazy Anyways, the dad at that point, though, just isn't going to let it slide. He's like, look, whatever. Whether or not you think your son stole doesn't matter. Just get my phone back. Well, I don't want to accuse my son of being a thief. So if we're going to make him give the phone back, then I want to uh, go under the guise that it was an accident. I'm not going to accuse him of stealing anything. Do you understand? Are you mature enough to handle that? And at that point, like I said, he just ends up losing it. He's not able to hold it together. But let's be honest, that level of condescension, can you handle that? So his response is just, well, I can handle that if you can handle the fact that your child is a thief that stole my phone. Now, how about you be an adult? I know that's very difficult for you. It seems hard. And go over there and tell your kid to give back the phone that he stole, okay? Hey, all in all, pretty snappy response. Fair enough, dude. Like, I, I would have lost it a lot sooner. The fact that he made it this long, I'm going to have to give him credit for having the patience of, I don't know, something with a lot of patience. Anyways, the dad's reply, my son is not a thief. And at that point, the kid walks around the corner. He'd probably been standing there for a while listening to the conversation. I'll be honest, you know, just kind of making sure that uh, things didn't get out of control. 
Anyways, he walks around the corner and he's looking a little sheepish, you know, like he's up to no good. And uh, he just so happens to have magically found the device, right? Comes around the corner and he says, hey, I just found this phone randomly in the lunchroom. I don't know. It was it was on the floor. Is it yours? Yeah, that's right. Suddenly the phone reappeared. It just been sitting on the floor of the lunchroom for a week. People have been going to and from school using the lunchroom. Nobody else picked it up. Nope, it magically did not move for a week being on the floor. Yeah, sure, whatever though, he's getting his phone back, I guess, right? But the dad just won't let it slide. At that point, he decides to believe that stupid story. See, he didn't steal it. You were just irresponsible and left your phone at the table for a week. See, you need to apologize to my son for insinuating that he would ever steal. That's not the type of person he is. The fact that you would play off your irresponsibility to be my son's fault is truly disgusting, you know. Dude, how are you believing this story and an adult? Like, you think the phone really sat on the floor of the lunchroom for a week and nobody else saw it until now? I think your kid was smart enough to be spying on this conversation conversation, realized he's screwed, and that his dad was about to look really, really stupid and get mad at him, too. Not only is he in trouble for stealing the phone, dad's gonna be mad at embarrassing him, too. Magically, the phone appears. Oh, my goodness. Call me crazy. I can't confirm that's what happened. I've just got a very strong inkling that's probably what happened. But whatever. Like I said, the subscriber at that point is just relieved to see his phone, so he walks over to the kid, and he says, you know, thank you for finding the phone that you stole from me, dude. I really appreciate it. Sure absolutely a petty comment, but I don't know. I think in this situation any of us would be being petty, dude. Sometimes people on the internet, my goodness, I would not act this way if someone stole my device. Yeah, you say that, bro, until someone steals your phone and then tries to be like, oh, I found this. You'd be like, yeah, thanks for giving me the stuff you stole back. I guarantee you'd be a little petty, too. Anyways, the dad, though, is gonna not let that slide and jumps in and is like, he did not steal it. You have absolutely no proof that he stole it. You just can't roll around telling people that they're a thief with no proof, forgetting the fact that, you know, this kid had literally been taking selfies on the phone that are getting sent to the iPad for the week. Yeah, no proof. In fact, you're such an idiot that I refuse to bring my son back for tutoring as long as you are here. You just seem so irresponsible. I don't know what type of parent would feel like their kid's education is in good hands if you're the person tutoring them. And he cuts the dad off. At this point, he knows it's like, it's just angry. Who cares? And he says, go ahead and not bring your son back to tutoring. He never pays attention anyways. You might as well keep him home and let him play Minecraft there. At least that way you wouldn't have to come drive and pick him up. He's not learning anything here. Which, once again, pretty funny. He didn't even call the kid stupid, all right? He didn't say your kid's a moron. He just said he doesn't pay attention at tutoring, all right? I feel like that's an important distinction. He could have called your kid a moron, but he didn't. You gotta give him credit where credit is due. Anyways, the dad at that point is like, that's it. I'm filing a complaint with the principal. You will be taken off of tutoring, you know? Consider your job gone. And he looks at him and he goes, you're an absolute moron. I volunteer. What are you going to do? Get me fired from the job that I don't get paid for? Oh, I love that, dude. I'm going to get you fired. All right, dude. I don't work here. Go ahead. Get me fired from the school that I don't work at. Feel free. Obviously, this was kind of part of his plan to have something to like put on his college application, so he didn't want to get kicked out, right? But at the same time, it's like not a job. There's only a certain amount of disrespect you're going to take for a job, let alone something that you're not getting paid for. What are they going to do? Not make him volunteer his time? Oh no, what a punishment. Ah, you don't have to come in and tutor kids once a week and they won't steal your phone. Anyways, the teacher, who up to this point has already kind of been a slime ball, being like, no, 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 don't 
don't get your phone back now, don't tell the administration, don't say anything like that. They interject and they're like, oh, um, yeah, I actually think it's probably best if you don't tutor here anymore anyways. And the dad's like, see, look it, your attitude and behavior got you kicked out of here, you know. Whatever, he gets the phone back and he's like, alright, are you really gonna make me not able to tutor here anymore because I'm angry about somebody stealing the phone? And the teacher's like, yes, I think it's just best if you don't tutor here. I mean, come on, dude, you can't be mad at the person for being mad that somebody stole something from them. Like, I, I don't know, I understand why they might have to, but to me it's like, do you really have to give the dad the satisfaction of feeling like he got this kid fired? I don't know, you didn't really have to give him that big of a W. At that point, though, the subscriber really had nothing to lose, so he looked at the dad, he looked at the teacher, said they could both kiss where the sun don't shine, and uh, flipped them off and left. Fair enough, whatever, what are they gonna do? Take away your volunteer time? Anyways, uh, all in all, they don't really regret quitting, or getting fired, whatever you would call it, because they don't really have to deal with that anymore, so I don't know if it's a W, but uh, he got his phone back and doesn't have to deal with that anymore, so kind of a W. My question in all of this is like, why Minecraft Kid even felt like stealing a phone in the first place? if he literally had an iPad with him all the time. Like, it just seems like a little bit too much overlap there, you know? Oh, I'm gonna play Minecraft on my phone and my iPad. That way I can have two worlds going at once, and everyone knows that all Minecraft pros can have two games going at one time. Anyways, I guess moral of the story is don't steal people's phones, you know? Uh, just don't do it. It's not swag. And if someone's gonna steal your phone, I don't know, make sure the person backing you up isn't gonna get mad at you for being angry about stuff being stolen from you. Alright, so like I said, it's a story time that was sent in to me uh, by a subscriber, and basically this dude's manager was like the worst boss of all time, you know. And we're gonna call her Charlene for the rest of the story time just because it fits. It's basically like a Karen-esque name, but uh, without being Karen itself, because I think when they are the manager, it's no longer a Karen, you know. You gotta come up with a different name for it. That being said, Charlene herself was a new manager for this dude, and he was working in a warehouse at the time. And he admits that like working in a warehouse was not the most fun job in the world it definitely wasn't something glamorous that he loved but with the manager they had before Charlene it wasn't that bad because he would like let them put headphones in listen to podcasts listen to musics whatever go to the bathroom when they felt like it basically as long as all their work got done on time and packages weren't late leaving the warehouse they were allowed to do whatever and uh, obviously in my opinion that's like the best management style I think when people get like micromanaging and over the top and start demanding that, you know, you give them 12% of your paycheck in order to pay homage to the greatness of the manager, and they demand that you, you know, you have to ask before you go to the bathroom. It's just a little much. I think if everybody can be listening to their music, their podcasts, and uh, still getting their work done while using the bathroom without asking, everyone wins, right? And if you treat people like adults and give them responsibility, they usually can handle it pretty well. Regardless, the manager that everybody loved ended up getting promoted to an even higher position, so they ended up uh, switching managers. And instead of promoting somebody that had already been on the staff, they ended up just bringing over a manager from another location. So, you know, they don't have, like, any experience with this new manager. They don't know the person. They just know that they're going to have a new boss. And on day one, Charlene introduces herself as her new manager and calls a meeting to talk to everybody. And she tells everyone that she had been, you know, watching for a little bit earlier that day from the uh, management window. And she's really not happy with a lot 
lot of the practices she's seen today and they're truly making her sick and are no longer going to be allowed. So first thing she does is she says no more headphones, all right? She's like the communication is being impeded by the headphones and so because of that we're just not allowed to wear them anymore. Which would be fair if they talked or communicated at all, but they didn't really ever do that. Basically the way it worked is everybody had this like iPad tablet thing, you know? And it would pop up with what they needed to move where, when it needed to be done by, and you would just kind of go and do your thing. Everybody just kind of had their jobs of what they had to do. And so for the most part, you didn't need to listen to the intercom. They didn't even have an intercom. And if you needed to reach a specific person or management needed to reach you, they could send you a message on the tablet. And everyone explained that but she doubled down saying that like you know there's literally no reason for anyone to want to wear headphones at work we are here to work and earn money we are not here to listen to music and the fact that you want to be able to do both at the same time is just absurd you guys need to seriously get up and start working even harder because this is ridiculous that you expect to be paid for your hours while you're also listening to music at the same time I don't think listening to music makes the work not be done though you know like they still deserve to get paid even if they're listening to music these are the type of jobs that suck the most you know listen like no one is saying that they're not gonna work hard but if i have to pick between podcasts and like silence in the noise of a warehouse i'm gonna pick podcasts every time i don't know maybe i didn't realize it's so foreign to people to be able to listen to stuff and work at the same time i feel like most people are able to do that you know if anything i feel like listening to music or a podcast while i work like makes me even more focused did charlene never meet someone that does better on a test with music playing like I don't know man I'm just not understanding how it's really gonna impede their work that much maybe there's an employee that just gets a little bit too passionate about the music and instead of like moving stuff around the warehouse starts doing a flash mob dance you know I, I can't work there's too much music playing they're just like doing the worm in the alley but none of these people who are working in the warehouse had ever seen that and they're just kind of confused as to why she's so adamant that it gets banned it just kind of feels like she's doing something to like take away the little joy they have at this job anyway she ends up doubling down saying absolutely no more headphones and everyone's like all right fine you know you are the boss at the end of the day like we just kind of do have to do what you say and it's a really not popular choice and somebody says that they don't like it and her response to one of the employees being like I don't like that you're banning headphones is to tell them well I'm the manager and I didn't ask what you like because I'm in charge so it doesn't matter and get back to work So obviously that's just kind of the vibe off meeting one and definitely isn't a sign that this is going to be a very, very fun person to work for. And so everybody leaves the room and goes back onto the floor and instantly starts complaining, as you do. You know, if someone's yelling at you, taking away something fun, you're probably going to complain to your coworkers a little bit. And they're all just kind of like, I don't understand why she's so mad at the headphones because we haven't even had a full day to work yet. Like, she hasn't even seen how fast we get done. This warehouse was usually ahead of schedule on getting things done. So they just didn't understand why they were being punished when they performed better than like other warehouses that were at the same company. But whatever, after some complaining, they started trying to get back to work and everybody did get working. The only problem was time was just kind of like slowly dragging on, at least to the subscriber who sent this in to me. I mean, think about it. You've been listening to music and podcasts every day, all day at work, and then all of a sudden it's banned and you just kind of have to like sit and listen to silence. Obviously, time's going to move much slower. You know, you got to do what you got to do 
do with your job, but it's a change. And after about two hours on the floor in silence, the subscriber decided that he needed to use the restroom. You know, he was a little bit ahead of what he needed to be doing, just basically going the same speed as a normal day. And the rule always was with the old manager that like, as long as your work gets done on time, you can use the restroom. Why would you need to ask me? You're an adult. You know when you need to pee. I don't. Which to me kind of makes sense, right? Like outside of when you're in school, there's just no reason for adults to be asking to go to the bathroom because it's just like, just go to the bathroom. Anyways, he goes into the bathroom and he's not hiding in there or anything. He's just using the restroom when all of a sudden there starts to be some banging on the door, like gong, gong, gong. And so he says hello innocently because he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, right? And on the other side of the door, he just hears Charlene go, hmm, who's in there? What do you think you're doing? Did I say? you could go to the restroom and he's sitting there confused and he answers the only way which he can which is like well I'm in here because I had to use the restroom you know he doesn't even address the like why didn't you ask because he feels like it's obvious but her response is like well why are you in the bathroom doing that which is just an insanely dumb question bro like why do you think he's in the bathroom to do a to do a Yahtzee like to do a crossword puzzle like what, what do you mean so he says because I needed to use the bathroom and you know he's a little confused in his tone and Charlene's response to him saying he needed to use the bathroom is like well why didn't you come find me and ask me to use the restroom and he answers honestly he's like well look I didn't know that I had to ask to use the bathroom I thought I was just allowed to go I'm sorry that's kind of how it was before so I have no reason to assume that I would have to ask you know I wasn't trying to be mean I just had to use the bathroom so I went to use the bathroom I didn't think it was going to be a big deal and obviously I feel like that's a reasonable answer but Charlene's not taking it no no no. Well, how was I supposed to know where you were? What if there was a fire in the bathroom right now and we didn't know you were in there? And he just goes, well, I would come out of the bathroom. And he wasn't trying to be a smart aleck, you know? It was just kind of like, what do you mean? And so she cuts him off when he says that and is like, stop talking back to me. And he's not trying to talk back. He just kind of clarifies. He's like, I'm just not understanding why I have to ask to use the restroom. And keep in mind, it's even more awkward because all of this is going down while like she's on the other side of the bathroom door and he's sitting in the bathroom. She couldn't even have waited to yell at him until he like walked out of the bathroom. No, no, no. You just kind of kind of start arguing through the door. But regardless, he ends up finishing up in the bathroom. He walks out and she's kind of standing there tapping her foot, arm crossed, you know, just the most irritated look she could possibly give, looking like he himself just single-handedly threw off the warehouse by nine hours. You need to come with me to the office now. And so she takes him into the office and closes the door and she's like, you are not to do anything in this building without asking for my permission first. Do you understand? I'm talking about the bathroom. I'm talking about opening a door. I don't care what it is. You need to ask for my permission first. I'm the manager in charge of this building and the only way this is going to work is if you guys respect me and are willing to work with me. Honestly, that just kind of sounds like a a speech from a dictator. Like, you have to ask before you open a door. And he kind of starts to explain himself, like, listen, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful or disappear. We just have never had to ask to use the restroom before as long as we're ahead of schedule, so I assumed it would be the same. I understand that, you know, that's on me. I shouldn't make assumptions, but it's not going to happen again, and I'm sorry. Which is basically, like, you know, all he can really say in this situation beyond being like, this is ridiculous and I quit. And I 
think that in and of itself is a solid apology. You know, I personally would hate to have to ask to use the restroom, so to even apologize at all, good for you, man. I feel like that's a solid W. But regardless, it didn't seem like Charlene appreciated his apology at all. If anything, you know, she just wanted him to be like, yes, your liege, I will ask going forward, yes, at once. You know, a little bit of an explanation as to what happened. That wasn't what she was asking for. No, no, no. She just wanted to get straight to uh, you being wrong. That's just not good enough. I don't care if you didn't have to ask before. You do understand that I'm a new manager, right? That means that I wasn't here before. Just like being insanely condescending, explaining what new means, you know? So you need to ask for the new rules, okay? The rules that are in place now, because the old ones don't exist anymore. Now, do I need to repeat myself, or did your stupid little brain manage to hang on to that one? And listen, that just crossed the line. At that point, he's like, alright, I'm done. You know, the first day you're calling me an idiot for using the bathroom without asking, and like, screaming at me, calling me a moron, saying you're gonna have to repeat yourself because I'm so stupid. So he just decides to start arguing back at this point, and he's like, well, I'm just saying, if you need people at to work for you that like, have to ask to pee, then you clearly do want stupid employees, so you should get used to repeating yourself because that's basically what you're gonna have to do a lot and she's like excuse me and he's like yeah I'm just saying if you want people who literally can't work with sound people who can't pee on their own people who need to ask to open a door just like be prepared to be doing a lot of managing and repeating yourself and yelling at people you know I know you have more manager experience than me but it really sounds like you want stupid employees so consider this my two weeks notice I'm out of here after that because I don't really consider myself stupid and I don't want to work for somebody that wants stupid employees and at that point he turned to just start walking out of the office and Charlene wasn't too happy with that and she's like well if you're giving your two weeks like this then you might as well just quit and he turns around and goes are you sure like are you sure that you want me to do that and she's like yeah I think that you should quit you moron it's not like we need you here anyways and at that moment the person's like all right <laughs> okay all right I quit bye and she's kind of flabbergasted you know she's like wait what and he's like yeah okay I quit like you saying I should quit right now because you don't need me fair enough I quit first day as manager had just fired someone for quote-unquote being a moron for using the bathroom definitely not a good look and even for all the employees left they're gonna be like hey why were you fired and he's gonna go use the bathroom and didn't want to have to ask to open the door probably not a great way to build up popularity with any of the workers left but hey dude uh, you gave him the ultimatum might as well quit he took you up on it and said okay then I quit so he kind of just walks out of the office at that point and tells his co-workers that he's just been let go he's loved working with them all but he's gonna have to go get another job now and they're kind of like wait you're quitting right now like you have to leave right now and he's like yeah I just quit they're telling me to leave like I gotta go and they're like well dude you're kind of the only certified forklift operator in this section of the warehouse for the next four hours and he's like yeah I know that but she told me to quit she said I tried to give my two weeks and she said I might as well just quit right now so that's what I'm doing I'm out and so I guess the way this warehouse worked is like they had workers but not all of them had their forklift license and so this dude because this shift was in the middle of the day was the only one who was on like for that shift that had the ability to drive the forklift legally so on this particular shift her first shift she had managed to fire the only forklift operator that was there as for why you know was it disrespect was it anger no because the forklift operator needed to pee and had just gone to pee which I'm sure is not gonna hold up well with the owners of the warehouse and so he's like listen guys good luck you know um 
But if he could tell by that interaction, he knew they'd be looking for a new job soon, too. And as he's explaining that, like, good luck, she comes out of her office and sees that he's still standing there talking to them and just starts freaking out. She's like, you need to go right now. You're no longer an employee here. You have 20 seconds to start making your way off the premises or I'm going to call the police to escort you out. And the all the co-workers are confused because, you know, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to call the cops on him? Like, he hasn't even done anything. He's just calmly standing here. And all the co-workers that are seeing this interaction Action, start to tell her like he's just leaving he's just leaving it's okay there's no need to call the cops like it's good there's nothing bad going on and so then she turns on all the employees that were trying to defend him and starts being like well you guys are either loyal to that traitor over there and points at him or the company and everyone is like what he's a traitor and I have to pick sides I've always thought it's so funny when companies do this bro they'll be like you need to be loyal to the company or your co-workers I mean I don't know dude like the company's not going to be loyal to me. Let's be honest. If tomorrow I got really sick and I was a liability, you'd probably fire me pretty quick. Companies aren't really loyal anymore. Why am I going to bend over backwards and like disown my friend because you fired him unfairly just because it's the company's choice? Maybe back in the day when companies had my back, there's a reason to do that. But let's be honest, no company's doing anything to have your back anymore. And so at that point, he just decides to walk out though. He doesn't want to cause any more problems or drama for his coworkers. He doesn't want the cops called. He's just like, look, it's not their fault that the manager's on a power trip right now, you know? I don't want to cause any problems, and on top of that, I can just go home. Like, this is obviously all gonna blow up in their face in a little bit when they realize that they have no one to drive the forklift for the next, like, four hours. So whatever, I'll leave and avoid the drama. And so he gets in his car and starts his drive home, and it takes him a little bit to get home, like 25 minutes. And by the time he's getting into his driveway at home, he looks at his phone, and there's, like, 15 missed calls from a number he doesn't recognize, along with a ton of voicemails. And so he plays voicemail number one, and he immediately recognizes the voice as Charlene. You know, they hadn't talked a lot, but it had yelled at him enough that morning for him to instantly recognize it. But the only thing that was really funny to him is, like, the screaming, angry, tone that had been used on him all morning was gone, and it was a total tone change. Not mad at all, just the nicest voice ever, trying to be, like, as persuasive as possible. Oh, hey, I'm so sorry about that little argument we had, you know? You should just come back. I didn't realize that you were the forklift operator we had on staff for this shift. And of course, he hadn't replied because he was driving, so it goes to the next voicemail. And the next voicemail is like a little bit angrier, you know, a little bit more, you need to come back, this is serious. And so he's just listening to these voicemails one after the other, and they just keep getting angrier and angrier and worse and worse, you know? Like she had tried playing good cop, but now bad cop was out, the gloves were off, and she's just threatening him. And the last one, she's like, you need to get back here right now, you're the forklift lift operator and if you're not back here in 15 minutes then you can just consider yourself fired and he's like all right well if I can consider myself fired I'm pretty okay with that considering the fact that you literally told me to quit and on top of that I just don't think that's a good way to get an employee to come back like obviously he has no desire to go back and work there so he just ignored the voicemails assuming they would figure it out and they didn't call him anymore after that so he assumed that they did you know I'm just saying why would he want to go back to that you're like get back here or you're fired it's like, man, I, uh, that sounds like a great work environment. I'd love to go back and deal with that for more, you know? And to make matters even better, he, like, went home and instantly ended up finding a job because he's a forklift operator and he lives in a place with a ton of warehouses and e-commerce facilities, so he's really in demand. And low-key, the internet's kind of cracked for that. Like, before this, getting a job was really hard. You just kind of had to eat your boss's crap for a bit unless you got, like, a recommendation or a hookup somewhere. But now, man, you got an in-demand skill, some certification that a lot of people need 
the world is kind of your oyster, bro. You can just kind of be like, hey, dude, I don't want to deal with this. Trust me, there's 97 warehouses within three miles. I can go drive a forklift at any of them. I don't really understand Charlene's management style either, you know? Maybe that's why I'm not a manager. I just wouldn't feel the need to make people, like, ask me to go to the bathroom. I do not want to be in control of that at all, bro. The last thing I want to do is be in charge of people, period. But especially to, like, be that in charge, you know? <laughs> Getting a text every 12 seconds. Can I, can I open the door? Like, yeah, bro, you can. Go for it. I don't know, man. I just feel like your workers will do better if you treat them like an adult. Like, if, if people were talking to me like Charlene, I'd be mad confused. Are you my teacher or my boss? Like, I don't want to have to ask to pee or listen to my headphones. As long as my work's getting done and we're all getting paid, that's all that should really matter at the end of the day, you know? Moral of the story, though, bosses really do make the job. If you get stuck with a crappy boss, it can just really screw things up, even if you used to enjoy the job, and you don't have to deal with that, you know? If a boss is going out of their way to make your life miserable, like, just quit. It's just not worth dealing with that type of stuff for 40 hours a week for the rest of your life, especially because currently there's a huge worker shortage. You know, hey, hey, it used to be you just kind of had to ride it out. But if they're gonna, like, uh, treat you like that, dude, I promise you there's better options out there. All right, so this story takes place at a friend's birthday party. You know, when you're a young kid, birthday parties are pretty much the coolest thing to ever exist, all right? You get to hang out with the homies outside of school, get up to some shenanigans, everyone's hyped. And at school, this one particular friend had been telling me that we were gonna have a Nerf war at his birthday party, so I better come prepared. And obviously, you know, being a little kid in the uh, 2000s, 2010s, it was very, very obvious that I was always ready for a Nerf war, bro. I just feel like everybody was. So I pull up to this dude's birthday party with my Recon CS6 ready to go, expecting it to be like a fun day of normal Nerf wars where everybody kind of blasts at each other until they're out of ammo, and then you just kind of slowly run around picking up other darts and blasting each other until everybody gets bored and it just kind of ends. You know, that was kind of what I was expecting, because that's just all the Nerf wars that I had uh, been a part of so far, but no, no, I walk into this dude's house and it's obvious that that's not his plan in the slightest. You see, when I knocked on the door and walked in, his mom had answered, and when his mom answered, she just looked at me and said, are you ready for the war? And I was like, yeah. She handed me a pack of 50 Nerf darts, you know, unsealed, but like 50 Nerf darts in this little ammo pack thing and is like, all right, you're on the blue team. Hands me a blue shirt and says, your base is in the backyard. So obviously I'm a little bit confused. I know I'm a part of blue team now and I head out into the backyard and I see a bunch of other dudes in blue shirts, including the birthday boy. So I walk up to him and I'm like, hey man, what's up? Happy birthday. And you know, just trying to like say hi to him. And as I'm explaining to him, like, hey, Hey, what's up? Happy birthday. Just saying hello. He grabs me and pulls me down behind this little fort thing that the blue team was hiding behind. And he's like, are you crazy? Red team snipers could be anywhere. You know, what's wrong with you? Just walking up and saying happy birthday out in the open. And obviously I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? What? And like, as I'm asking him what he's talking about and what does he mean by red team snipers, a nerf dart flies and just smacks right where I was standing. And he's like, get down. And so everybody hits the deck. One dude starts to like shoot nerf darts starts back in the general area it came from and I turn around and look up and the way his backyard was set up there was like a balcony above the backyard and there's a little kid in a red shirt like our age you know one of the friends on the other team with a nerf sniper who's like running off the balcony back inside to go to their base and at that point I'm like oh okay we're having like a nerf war nerf war you know he wasn't kidding when he said that the red team had snipers watching us obviously this is a little bit more intense than what I was expecting and so I'm kind of like all right fill me in on what's going on so far, what's up? 
And he starts to tell me that, you know, everyone was spending the night and their plan was to have an overnight nerf war, you know, basically the teams right now where the bases were was going to be the entire game played the whole time. So like 24 hours straight of a nerf war, both teams had a flag in their base, I guess. And the goal was obviously to get to the other team's base and take their flag before they stole yours, a little capture the flag moment. And so I start looking around the blue base and it becomes obvious to me that these dudes were not here to play. You know, they had literally like fortified our position with boxes and like playground equipment you know people were like sitting around drinking coca-cola acting like it was you know a bottle of beer being like what are you gonna do when we get out of the war just little kids being dumb you know pretending that like the nerf war was real life so we start like you know talking about our strategy for how we're gonna win capture the flag and that's when the birthday boy busts out something that made me realize this was about to be a great time he says come with me and we go into this little tent thing and it's me the birthday boy and like three other kids on the blue team right and he goes I made this before the party just so we would have an advantage and there's this little table in this tent and he rolls out this piece of paper and he had taken the time to draw an insanely detailed map of his house and he had chosen where the red team base was so he had basically like made this map and he had literally made a graph so there was like quadrants dude you could make call outs based on this thing it was like a war zone map and he's like this is what I have so that way we can plan operations and obviously everyone's all like okay well you're the birthday boy so you're kind of in charge you know you got to let us know what's going on I feel like that's just the default like if it's someone's birthday party they get to be in charge of the stupid nerf war all of you guys are going to have for the next 24 hours I feel like that's the least you could do if it's their birthday and so he starts telling us that like we're going to break up into squadrons you know and each squadron is going to be three people on the blue team and there's three squadrons he was having 18 people spend the night which honestly kudos to his mom bro the idea of 18 screaming kids running around my house having a nerf war for 24 hours sounds terrible literally I would like nothing less you know I'm glad that she let this story go down but at the same time I don't know why she agreed to that anyways we were gonna break up into three squadrons of three and you know that's the blue team and we were gonna like attack the red base you know and obviously we were feeling like we're the coolest people in the planet dude I'm drinking pixie sticks I'm drinking dr. pepper and on top of that I'm planning like some top secret nerf mission you could have put a purple hat on me and called me buzz Lightyear, dude I am ready to run space command anyways we're coming up with with what we think is a genius plan and like I said it's like me and three other dudes in the tent planning this out and that's when we hear like the five other people on the team outside start being like come out come out we're under attack bro and we step out of this like little tent and when I say tent I don't want you guys to think that like you know he had some command tent in his backyard you know those little pop-up tents with like the metal frame that have spider-man on the outside that's what we were in planning right anyways we come out of this tent dude and it's almost like somebody had blocked out a portion of the sky with foam there's just nerf bullets flying everywhere it's just doof, 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 doof. and i look up and i see in the balcony that there's like three dudes up there and i don't know if this guy before i came over had the coolest nerf collection or what but he had like three of the battery powered blasters that fire really fast and they're just raining down foam and then like as they're raining down foam obviously we're having to hide a little bit because if obi-wan taught you anything at star wars and set you can't win a fight if you don't have the high ground we hear the back door open and the rest of the red team just comes like pouring out to our base man and i'm telling you it was like the weirdest feeling ever we're like no they're coming and blue team ready to play we just started firing back and it was just like a nerf battle man people just trying to make runs for it from like cover to cover just getting shredded by foam you know 
know? And obviously, we're all little kids, so we're being dramatic. Like, if somebody gets hit by the foam, they fall over. They're like, my leg! It was just the most absurd thing ever. And so, finally, after about 10 minutes of being under siege, we had, like, managed to hold them off. They hadn't really gotten any closer than, like, this little... They had, like, this little picnic table thing, like, one of those small plastic ones that they had tipped over about 15 feet away, and they were kind of stuck behind that. And finally, we heard the leader of the red team on the balcony call a retreat, so they leave, dude. But it was like, you know, unless you've been in a 9v9 giant nerf war when you're a kid who still loves nerf guns, you just don't know how, how awesome it is. And so after that, you know, we're just kind of vibing, doing our thing, coming up with our plan because we stayed off an attack. And obviously, we're a little bit hyped. You know, maybe blue team, I can't lie, was getting a little bit cocky out here. We're like, dude, they suck. They didn't even get close to our flag. Like, are you kidding me? That was so sad, lol. And that's when the birthday boy is like, all right, well, when we launch in our attack, you know, we can't underestimate them. We have to make sure that we win this game. And he says that he's going to do a secret plan for when we go invade them and he needs someone's help with it. And we're all like, well, what's your plan? And he says that, like, he's been watching this movie. And when I explain what he wants to do, probably a couple of you will know what the movie is. He was watching this movie where he had convinced the other team, like in the movie, the bad guy, that he was going to surrender. And he had taped a gun to his back. And so that way, when he got close, he could, like, pull it off. So he wanted us to, like, tape a Nerf pistol onto his back. So that way, just in case during our invasion we got pinned down, he could, like, pretend to surrender and then get them. And for those of you that don't know what movie I'm talking about, it's Die Hard, right? There's the scene where he like has the mp5 taped to his back you know and surprises the dude but i hadn't seen die hard at that point i'm nine you know it's my favorite christmas movie now but at the time i didn't know what was popping so we're all like dude that's so smart that's the most genius thing i've ever heard you know they're not gonna check your back so then you can surprise them and so we like go back into the tent and we're taping this gun onto his back this nerf gun by the way just to be clear i don't know why anyone would think that we're just like playing in the backyard with glocks it was a nerf gun but we're taping this to his back you know and we're like all right this is gonna be such a good idea and finally the time comes there was a couple little more back and forth like skirmish type of things but the time finally came where it was dark enough where we were going to do our little excursion mission capture the flag attack on the red team right so it's nighttime we start to like creep up to the back door and we get into the house you know and it's not late enough for the family to be asleep or anything but i'll never forget like creeping through this dude's living room literally army crawling with all of our nerf guns and a row of nine people while his mom and dad were just like sitting on the couch watching tv i don't know how they managed to act normal the entire time maybe they didn't see us but like you know in our minds we are in the middle of the most intense nerf war of all time dude people are gonna write books about this maybe a youtube video one day and, like, meanwhile, his parents are just watching Grey's Anatomy and just like, oh, these kids are so weird. Like, why are they crawling on the floor with Nerf guns? Anyways, we're, like, sneaking our way through the house. And the way it worked is, like, to go up the stairs, you kind of had to, like, cover the stairs while you were going up the stairs. Because the way it was set up, the stairs didn't have, like, any cover. There was this big balcony that overlooked the stairs. And, like, you were just kind of on your own. So the birthday boy, like, holds the corner and he tells everybody to start going up the stairs. And we're going up the stairs. And as we're going up the stairs, bro, the red team flips the light on and I look up and I instantly know that like, all right, my time in the nerf war has been completed, boys. I was doing my best to be sneaky. But as I look up, I just see a nerf gun coming over the edge of the banister on the stairs 
pointing down and just blasting me as soon as the lights turn on. And the way it worked is you had to go back to your base for 15 seconds if you got blasted. So like, I'm like, oh, I'm out. I start going back to the base, you know, and our team's just getting slaughtered. I can't even lie. All that planning didn't really matter, dude. You're only as sneaky as a nine-year-old can be in this situation. So the red team was pretty ready for it. And so whatever, I go back to my base. I'm waiting my 15 seconds to respawn. More and more of my team keeps coming out to the point where there's only two people on the blue team still in there. And so by the time the other people come out, I'm going back in and I come around the corner and I see that like a bunch of the red team is also out and they're kind of standing in the hallway and there's two red team and two blue team left and I see our one blue team guy that's not the birthday boy do this like sprint thing and shoot one of the red team guys but he gets shot back so they're both out now it's a 1v1 situation and so obviously everybody's looking and I knew what was about to go down okay I was part of the secret plan out there and so the birthday boy puts his gun on the ground and kind of like slides it on the tile out all dramatically so you know he's he doesn't have anything on him and he's like i'm out of ammo I surrender. And the guy on the red team being an absolute idiot have never never seen Die Hard. I mean, come on, dude. If you haven't seen Die Hard, get with the times, am I right? Is like, all right, we'll come out with your hands up. Guess what? When the gun's taped to your back, buddy, you can do that. So the birthday boy comes around with his hands up and he's like, is it all right if I come upstairs to surrender? And that should have been like the problem number one that should have been suspect. But for some reason, the red team's like, yeah, come on up, bro. Feel free, whatever. So whatever, I'm watching our team leader get Get like halfway up the stairs and when he gets halfway up the guy on the red team is coming around so they're both on the stairs now and I swear dude like obviously it wasn't in slow motion but little kid me swore it was cool enough to be he just kind of like reaches into his shirt pulls it off his back flicks it out and boom 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 fires it gets the red kid out and instantly the red kid's like did you just shoot me and he's like yeah I had a nerf gun on my back and he just kind of walks past him walks past all the red team that's still in the hall yet grabs the flag and goes thanks guys and starts to walk back down the stairs now I think in his mind 15 seconds is a lot longer than that because like at that point the red team could come back and they're like get back here and the look of just oh did you guys see how cool that was look at how smooth that was turned into oh crap they're gonna get us we have to get out of here with the flag now and so now it's like me him and the two other kids that have come back in because they've waited their 15 seconds and we're now running through the house and about two seconds behind us is the rest of the red team hot on our tail just firing foam darts the entire time and this time we're running through the living room back past his parents but instead of like army crawling and being all sneaky we're just sprinting and they're like hey no running in the house and we're like sorry and then you know the rest of the squad comes after us just still firing and what was hilarious is the mom's like hey guys be and as she's talking of course the red team's just trying to get their flag back so they're just kind of firing these nerf bullets a nerf bullet just goes right into his mom's mouth and she's like oh my gosh and so we're just running into the living room row we burst out the back door and at that point there was still a couple more of like the blue team that had gotten out in the backyard already like they hadn't walked back inside yet and we're like start shooting start shooting and they're like what and they see us with the flag running so they just start shooting kind of like over our heads a little bit we're kind of ducking down and obviously you know I'm sure it looked really lame like if you were a real person standing there watching this this probably looks stupid it's a bunch of little kids running with a flag that doesn't mean anything but in that moment dude I was basically felt like as, as James Bond as I've ever been in my entire life dude I'm just like seriously out here winning this incredibly strategic game of nerf capture the flag obviously yeah it was pretty dumb but at the time little kid me was feeling like an absolute g so let me have it so whatever we're running and then like i hear a guy next to me go i'm hit and i'm realizing they're catching 
sneaking up on us. So I, like, do a move to start running behind the guy with the flag, right? And I feel myself get hit, and I'm like, I'm hit! And so I go to, like, move out of the way. And at that point, I tell the birthday boy, like, dive! And he looks back, and he realizes that we're all down, bro. We were taking nerf bullets for him. And he looks, and he's pretty close to this, like, thing they had set up that was this little half wall. And he literally, like, takes a couple more steps. And then I don't know how many of you guys have played the original Black Ops, but back in the day, the dolphin dive was very funny, okay? Black Ops hadn't come out yet, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like, there was obviously a little bit of a, a meme of people diving. That's the dive that he did. Like, straight up, launched off the ground, planted, jumped, just woomph, dolphin dived basically over this little barrier while holding the flag. And as he's dolphin diving, there's still, like, nerf bullets flying past him, dude. Anyways, he swan dives over the table, and he doesn't get hit, and they hear the red team being like, go, 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 and then, you know, he doesn't pop up, and all of us are like, what's happening? And so I kind of, like, jumped to get a peek over the little barrier, and he's now crawling to the tent. He had to get the flag back to the tent, but he figured if he stood up, then, like, they were probably just gonna shoot him in the back. So he's now just crawling with the flag in his hands, and everybody's just like, go, go, go! We're cheering on him, crawling as slow as possible while the red team's running over. And sure enough, he finally gets the flag into the tent, and that makes my team freak out. We're like, let's go! We win! This is awesome! But we're kind of confused because the birthday boy didn't look too thrilled, right? And that's when we look and we're like, oh no. You know, dolphin diving is probably uh, pretty easy if you're like a real black ops soldier. But when you're unathletic and small, sometimes it can lead to bad situations. And uh, let's just say that when the birthday boy had dolphin dived, he hadn't come down very correctly and a lot of the weight had gone onto his wrist. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a doctor at the time and I'm only able to know that he came down on his wrist because he's in tears, not very happy, and his wrist is bending a direction that, you know... It just shouldn't really bend. Like, you know when a wrist is doing a thing where it's looking like it's got some elastic inside of it? Yeah, it was not very pretty, and he's screaming. And so his parents come outside, and they're like, what happened, what happened? And they look, and they see him holding his wrist, and they're like, ah! And so they're like, we gotta go to the hospital. So, you know, the mom gets him. She's like, we're gonna go. The dad is like, all right, I'll wait with these kids while we call their parents, you know? And so obviously, we're all just kind of standing there in shock now. Nobody's saying anything nobody's like reacting everybody's like what do we do right and so whatever he leaves with his mom to leave and we're all just kind of sitting there in the living room with this dude's dad and he's called our parents to come pick us up now right and he's like what happened what happened like was there a fight and we're like no there was no fight and you know we kind of tell him what happened and he's like i knew that it was a bad idea to let there be a giant game of capture the flag i knew somebody was gonna get hurt i just didn't think it was gonna be my kid which you know i thought at the time was normal but in retrospect it's like so it was cool if it wasn't your kid to get hurt i don't know he probably didn't mean it like that but regardless we just kind of waited for our parents to come pick us up and when they picked us up they were like hey i thought you guys were spending the night what happened and the dad's like yeah my son broke his wrist during the nerf war so everybody had to go home and honestly we all felt really bad for the guy like it, it, don't get it twisted i still talk to this dude sometimes you know he's fine and what's really wild is that like you think he would regret it he would have hated nerf wars no the next time i actually hung out with him obviously i was little he's like i don't regret it because we won you know that was all that really 
really mattered matter to him. Obviously, breaking his wrist sucked, but pain is temporary. Victory in a Nerf war is forever. And on top of that, I don't know, I think when you're a little kid and, like, you have a cast on and everybody at school signing it, it's probably pretty cool. I don't know. I never, like, had a cast on that everybody was signing. But I'm assuming, uh, dude, it's your birthday party, you win an awesome Nerf war, and then you got a cast everybody's gonna sign and you get to leave class early. Pretty solid wombo combo. Moral of the story, though, you know, always be careful in a Nerf war that somebody doesn't have a gun taped to their back because you never want to get John McClane and die hearted, all right? That's not a good thing to be. Being Hans Gruber is not the goal, even though he fell. Okay, so the person who sent this in to me grew up on a 50-acre farm in a country town. So there wasn't, like, a metric butt-ton of people around his age to hang out with, especially in the immediate area. So he would, like, explore the woods around his farm and everyone else's land with, like, the three or four neighborhood kids. And for the most part, everyone was really normal, but there was one kid in their group who has, like, a lot more land than them. You know, 50 acres is a lot, but he had thousands, or his dad did, not him. And they had found some oil on the land, so uh, this dude was kind of rolling in the dough a little bit. And this takes place in, like, the mid-2000s, 2005, 2006. And uh, their rich friend, who we're going to call Lucas, had gotten them all, like, into WoW, World of Warcraft, which was really popular at the time. And they would play from time to time, and everyone else was playing on, you know, the family PC. But Lucas had gone out and convinced his parents to buy him a $3,000 gaming laptop. Anyways, when they weren't playing World of Warcraft, you know, they were out uh, exploring the woods, goofing off, all that stuff. I'm only covering what laptop he had and what games they were playing, because it'll be important later. And at the time, you know, like I said, it's a childhood story of his. They were about 13, 14 years old, so they would just walk around the woods, goof off, you know. Every now and then would, like, throw a rock into a frozen pond, or throw a rock into a normal pond and watch the splash, that type of stuff. But one day, the subscriber who sent this in to me got a huge pack of fireworks from his older brother. They had some bottle rockets, firecrackers, you know, some mortars, all that stuff. But the one caveat his older brother had told him when he gave him it was that he couldn't tell his parents about it, because obviously they would be a little uh, iffy about this kid running around playing with a bunch of fireworks in the middle of the woods with everyone else. And the older brother was being cool for giving it to him, so his one rule when he was giving it to him is just like, don't tell mom and dad. But one thing that they would do is they would basically go to the stash of fireworks because he had made a little stash for it in a log where they would keep them all and they would uh, blow stuff up. It started pretty simply you know they would like strap a log to an M80 and blow it up just to watch it go boom that type of stuff and logs turned into action figures action figures turned into like glass bottles. Pretty soon it was just basically them going out into the woods and just blowing stuff up and they were slowly working their way through all the fireworks but his brother had given them a ton of them so they would just wrap it in all these plastic bags to keep the water out put it back in the log when they were done and wait until the next day to blow more stuff up and it becomes a little bit of a tradition but one day when they were in the middle of blowing up some action figures lucas's parents which is the rich kid's parents happened to find them they're not really sure how they happened to find them you know they don't know if they were like hearing all the fireworks going off and came to investigate or what but sure enough they walk up when they're in the middle of blowing up a gi joe doll and lucas's dad 
yelled out to him. He's like, what are you doing? And before they even have a chance to explain what they're doing, the firework went off and this G.I. Joe just got like sent to space. And it was pretty obvious, you know, (laughs) what they were doing. So obviously Lucas's dad wasn't too thrilled with this, starts telling them that they're being so irresponsible. Somebody could have gotten hurt. You know, the stuff that the parents have to say because technically it's the truth. And listen, to be fair, it is pretty irresponsible to be strapping fireworks to like bottles and blowing them up, okay? It's not the smartest decision. I understand why Lucas's dad would be mad. I also understand why it would be fun to goof off with fireworks and blow things up. So I'm understanding the middle ground, but I get why the parent had to get pissed and be like, don't do this. Anyways, the entire group kind of gets yelled at by Lucas's parents, and he says that he's going to tell all their parents about what happened, and they're really going to get into trouble. And the way that they happened to work it out with, like, the stash of fireworks was they had taken out, like, you know, a handful of them and then put the rest back in the log. So Lucas's dad is like, is this all the fireworks you guys have left? And obviously everyone was like, yeah, that's all we have. So he confiscated it, and he was going to tell everyone's parents. And he does, and obviously all the parents are not too thrilled about them running around the woods blowing stuff up, especially because, you know, they're like, listen, not only are we paying for the fireworks, well, I guess his brother did, but you get what I'm saying, you're just blowing up stuff that we bought you, and you're way too young to just be blowing stuff up, man, like, are you guys idiots? I understand why they got in trouble, and they all end up getting grounded for, like, two weeks, which is not that bad, you know, but anyways, obviously, time does what time does and passes, and after two weeks, they're all ungrounded. Anyways, after they get un grounded they start hanging out again but it just really wasn't the same lucas had always been a little bit spoiled and entitled you know his dad had a ton of money and would buy him whatever he wanted literally bought him a three thousand dollar laptop just to play world of warcraft levels of entitled you know and they're young so it's not 100 percent on him but like after they got ungrounded it was way worse the first day that they all hung out he like went off on them about how they were bad influences and he probably shouldn't hang out with them because he actually had a future and he was actually going to go places unlike them so it was probably best if they didn't hang out but then didn't leave just kind of went in on them and obviously everyone started arguing with him a bit and it came out that he had like told his parents that it was their fault that they were blowing up stuff and you know he hadn't wanted to be involved and they just corralled him into it well the only thing was they were just fine with blowing up the fireworks at first they were just launching uh, bottle rockets and stuff setting off the firecrackers they weren't blowing anything up. It had been Lucas's idea to start blowing stuff up. So, you know, obviously they're a little bit annoyed that he's saying they're bad influences and it's their fault when it was his idea. Obviously, no one wants to get lectured for something that they had nothing to do with, you know. Well, I guess they had something to do with it, but, like, to be like, you guys are bad influences when he was the person influencing the ideas. So eventually they were arguing for a bit, but it got settled out, you know. It wasn't too dramatic. They just kind of went back and forth. And after that, they went back to just walking around the woods goofing off. And like I said, for a bit, they were really into World of Warcraft, but after a few months, they all kind of just stopped playing it, except for Lucas. You know, they're young guys, they don't have the, like, monthly subscription money. Plus, on top of it, they had just kind of gotten bored of the game. The only one that could really play it all the time was Lucas. Everyone else could only play it for, like, an hour a day, so they just kind of stopped paying for it, because they didn't use it a lot. Nothing wrong with the game, it is a good game, it's just like, they just didn't want to pay for it. That's it. 
Well, the next time they hung out in the woods, Lucas started arguing with them about it, demanding that they get their accounts back. And when they told him they didn't want to pay for it because they didn't play it, he started calling them broke and saying that they just should get money from their parents and it's not a big deal. And like, yeah, man, obviously they're broke. You guys were like 13, 14 years old. They literally couldn't have a job. I think everyone is broke. And on top of it, dude, like, just ask your parents for it. Clearly, Lucas hadn't really figured out that uh, not everyone has a bunch of oil on their land. I mean, listen, I'm not saying your parents, like, are never going to get you anything, but going to your parents and demand they pay a monthly subscription for a video game they don't play? Yeah, I think that's something that, like, most parents would probably say no to. It's okay. But when they explained to him that they didn't have jobs and didn't want to pay for it, Lucas just got angrier with them and then was like, fine, if you guys want to just be losers, then that's how it can be. And at that point, they were just no longer excited to hang out with Lucas. Anytime they hung out and he showed up, the vibe was just way worse. And, you know, there was only three or four people in the neighborhood, so they didn't want to exclude him too much, but they were just really getting annoyed with him, way less enthusiastic about hanging out. But then on top of it, Lucas also started getting really, really bossy. So he's just insulting everyone, calling them broke, demanding they do things, and now trying to, like, tell them what to do. If they were all hanging out and they were doing something that Lucas didn't want to do, he would whine the entire time. He was just super insistent on only doing things that he wanted to do. For example, you know, like, okay, if he didn't want to do bike jumps, but everybody else did, he would just go all Egyptian pharaoh mode and expect someone to fan him while everybody else did all the work. You know, if they were playing a sport, he would just find a way to bend the rules to his advantage and, like, basically cheat the entire time they were playing it. So they just kept getting more and more annoyed about hanging out with this dude. And it got to the point that even though there was only three, four people in the neighborhood, they just all started avoiding him. And they were avoiding him for a little bit until one one day they got a call on their house phones telling them to go meet at this log which was kind of their code for the log where they stored the fireworks so obviously everyone was like okay something's going on but it had been Lucas who called the meeting so they thought maybe he was going to apologize you know he'd seen the error in his ways they didn't know what he was up to but they weren't going to not go so they all started going to the log and they lived in like different houses obviously in different directions so everybody kind of like was walking in from different places and there's a big clearing where the log is which is where they'd set the fireworks off so they can see Lucas before he can see them anyways when everyone gets to the point where they can see into the clearing they see one of the weirdest things they've possibly ever seen and still have ever seen it's Lucas right and he has his laptop in the clearing with like a bunch of M80s on it and firecrackers on the keyboard and on the screen that he's taped there and he's next to it with a lighter looking like an evil villain from a James Bond movie you know like uh, imagine the laptop has all the codes on it to prevent the nuclear war and he sees one of them so he yells out he's like everyone come into the clearing he's really embracing the whole evil villain thing dude like get out here I want to see you when I talk to you and they all come out wondering what's going on and he begins his evil villain speech dude one that would basically rival all James Bond evil villain speeches truthfully to this day he's still in contact with the production teams over there because they might use a version of it in uh, the James Bond origin stories about his days of spying in 8th grade. I know that you've been avoiding me and I don't like it. 
Plus, since none of you play World of Warcraft anymore, I don't use my laptop. So either you stop avoiding me and get World of Warcraft, or I will blow up my laptop. Which, listen, man, uh, you know, it's a fine speech. I get it. You're threatening to blow up the laptop unless they stop avoiding you. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I get it in principle, right? The only problem is, uh, it's not their laptop. Like, as far as threats go, you know, saying, hang out with me or I'll blow up my laptop. It's just not a very good one. Like, oh no, uh, you, you're gonna damage your belongings? Ah, oh, that, that would really suck. Like, they don't care, bro. They have nothing to do with it. Anyways, one of the people from the group yelled out that they didn't care what he did to his laptop. Which, you know, fair enough, it's not their laptop. They haven't really been hanging out with you. And on top of it, they don't play the game. So, like, okay, man. Imagine if someone you played Xbox with eight years ago, like, called you up into the fold and told you that if you didn't start playing with them again, they'd break their Xbox. All right, man, you have fun with that. Anyways, he snaps back at that guy that he's serious and he really will do it, you know, he's been thinking a lot about it and he thinks this'll show them that he's serious about it. And listen, man, I don't think they're doubting that you'll do it, I just think they really don't care. If you've really put a lot of thought into this, then clearly you're just not very good at the whole thinking thing because I don't understand why they would want to be magically friends with you because now you're blackmailing them or you'll blow up your laptop. You're basically saying, I will threaten you to keep this friendship going. Threatenship, I guess, also would to work there. But, uh, still, I'm gonna threaten you to keep this friendship going or I'll break my stuff. It's like, alright, man, uh, I don't like being threatened, so go ahead and break your things. I don't care. You've been bossing them around to the point where they're literally avoiding you, you know? You had to call them to come meet you out here to even get them to show up. I don't think they care if you blow up your things. Especially because you've been bossing them around and, like, yeah, breaking all the rules and stuff. How do they know you're not gonna break the rules and just not light it, huh? How about that one, Sir Lucas? Anyways, all of them not wanting to be bad friends and not wanting to, like, encourage him to blow up his laptop kind of tell him to knock it off. They're like, hey man, seriously, just please stop. This isn't funny, come on, you're gonna regret blowing up your laptop, like, don't threaten us to have to hang out with you, we don't wanna pay for the game. Like, seriously, please just stop. You know, which is fair enough, like, they could've been pissed, but obviously they don't want to encourage him to break his laptop, they're still being good friends. But Lucas is having none of it, you know, he doubles down and goes full-on mini Karen mode and tells them that he's going to count down from 10, and if he gets to 1 and none of them agree to the terms of what he said, and he's gonna light it. And so he starts literally counting down, you know, like an angry parent does to a toddler. Ten, nine, and like no one steps forward because like I said, nobody should care or would care about something that's not theirs when you're threatening them. And so he continues to count down, but he starts getting slower and slower in between numbers to try to stall. And he gets to three and launches into another little speech to try to, like, stall a little bit to see if anyone would do anything. And he's like, guys, I really will light it. I'm not kidding. I'm serious. And then he goes, two. And still nobody steps forward because everyone at this point is just like, all right, this is so dramatic, man. I'm just not going to step forward for you. And then he gets to zero, and he tries to stall a little bit, you know, he tries to launch into another speech and be like, Okay guys, see, what this shows you is that I really am serious about it, so if and no one's gonna step forward, but right in the middle of explaining that, like, someone should really interrupt him, one of them just yelled out, Just light it, bro! And obviously, at that point, uh, Lucas just kind of felt like he had to do it, so he lit it. And now the fuse is spiraling down, and as the fuse is spiraling down, he starts running towards them, because they've now kind congregated at like the upper part of the clearing. 
So now everyone is just watching this fuse go down, and at this point, you know, I'm going to describe the laptop a little more. So it's open, and it's got firecrackers on the screen and on the keyboard. And he's, like, twisted all these fuses together, and then there's two M80s on either side of it. And obviously, once it's lit, it's lit, so everyone's watching, and it gets closer and closer to the laptop, and it finally goes up, and the laptop lights up, dude. There's two booms, boom, boom. The screen just starts popping. The firecrackers are going off, and Lucas starts yelling at them saying that this is all their fault and obviously no one really cares because obviously it's not their fault oh why'd you guys do this it's like man i don't know i didn't twist all the fuses together set it up and then light it that was kind of a you thing and it is still going off for a little bit because he had used all the firecrackers that were left in the log and finally it stops going off and it's definitely still like the shape of a laptop you know you could tell that it was a laptop at one point but it's also very obvious from even far away that uh, it is no longer in working condition it kind of looks like a semi truck had driven over it backed up over it driven over it backed up over it and then driven over it one more time just for good measure so Lucas starts running over to it and he's yelling out like why didn't you stop me for lighting the fuse what's wrong with you you're bad friends and they're like dude uh we're not trying to be bad friends it just wasn't our laptop and we didn't want to do what you asked for so we let you light your laptop off and then he starts ranting about how his parents are going to be pissed and it's like yeah probably dude i'm sure your parents are gonna be mad you know i don't know many parents that would be cool with their kid blowing up their laptop that's a pretty expensive thing to blow up if you guys guys all got grounded for two weeks for blowing up a G.I. Joe doll. I don't know. You might get in a little bit of trouble for blowing up the $3,000 laptop if I ventured out here. And they start looking at him like he's crazy and ask him straight up like, well, then why did you blow it up? Like, if you knew you were going to get in trouble, why did you do it? You know, let's not pretend that blowing up a laptop is ever smart, but it's especially dumb if you know you're going to get in a crap ton of trouble. And his answer to that is basically like, well, I didn't think you guys were going to let me blow it up. Terrible plan, man. No fail safe. Uh, yeah, your laptop was basically a goner from day one. Anyways, he starts freaking out now about the fact that he blew up his laptop and he's like holding the remains of the laptop in his hand and he's like, I can't believe it blew up. But what did he expect when he was like duct taping the firecrackers to it, dude? Like he had, you know, fused all the... the Oh, not fused all the fuses, that's not right. But like, you know what I'm saying, I twisted all the fuses together. The entire time he's doing that, he didn't think about the fact that he was, you know, putting uh, fireworks on his laptop. Why did it blow up? I don't know, maybe it had something to do with the 30 minutes of setting up all the fireworks on the laptop you did earlier. Maybe, just maybe. Anyways, he says he's going home and he takes his laptop with him and everybody else kind of stands there and they're talking about it, wondering what that all was and like just how much of a train wreck it was. And they go home and they tell their parents what happened just because this dude had like, you know, blamed a bunch of stuff on them before. So just to be safe, they wanted to tell their parents exactly what had happened. And they got some weird questions about it from their parents because obviously it's a bizarre thing to hear that somebody just blew up their laptop for no reason. But whatever, they kind of go about their night. But Later that night, the subscriber gets a knock on his door and he goes and answers it and it's Lucas's parents. And they're like, hey, can we please talk to you? And his parents are like, yeah, that's fine, you know, but don't yell at him, like, just talk to him. And they're like, yeah, no, we just want to talk. So they go outside and they ask him about, like, can you tell us what happened in the woods today? We won't be mad, just tell us the truth. And just something about the way that they said it made him be like, okay, I actually can. You know, this isn't one of those trick things where they're like, you won't get in trouble if you're honest. And then you're honest and they're like, you're in trouble. 
so he decided to tell them exactly what had gone down. So he kind of tells them that Lucas blew up his laptop to prove to them that, you know, he was serious about why they shouldn't avoid him and also should play the computer game with him, which obviously he couldn't play anymore because he doesn't have a computer. And his parents asked, like, well, did you guys tell him to do that? And he said no. He actually called us, told him to meet him there, and when we got there, he had, like, all the fireworks strapped to his laptop. And, of course, they kind of explain what had gone on, and they say that Lucas had tried to blame his laptop being blown up on them like it was all his fault. And at first they believed him, so they went to the first kid's house all pissed off, and then he kind of told him what happened, and his parents were like, yeah, he told us that the second he got home. And obviously, after stopping at everyone else's house along the way, kind of realized that that was actually what happened, and, you know, they were at the last stop, which was his house, and the fact that he told the same story confirmed that their son was just an idiot who had decided to blow up his laptop for some reason. Really didn't think that one through, especially the fact that, like, his parents were obviously gonna go ask why they blew up his laptop. You know, did he think they were just gonna let it slide and not say anything to the people who did it? Or, sorry, apparently did it. We all know Lucas is the one who actually did. Anyways, Lucas's parents thanked him and then, like, went on their way home, and all the friends except Lucas met up the next day and started talking about it and said that, yeah, sure enough, his parents had showed up and, like, asked what happened, so they had said, obviously what happened so they didn't get in trouble for it and uh you know it was a pretty weird thing all in all but as they're talking about it lucas walks out of the woods and starts yelling at them for not covering for him which like i don't really know why in the world they would so they ask him like why would we have covered for you and he starts saying because his parents are pissed at him because he blew up his laptop and they should have just covered for him like bro obviously your parents are going to be pissed at you for blowing up your laptop and why would they cover for you like that's a little bit too big of a thing to cover for you know what i'm saying like obviously it sounds bad to your parents because that's actually what happened and i think you're nuts to expect your friends to take blowing up your laptop like just on their chin for you. They end up arguing back and forth for a bit before Lucas is done and he says that he hates them and they should have covered for him and that it was a bad move that they did that like they were bad friends. Like listen honestly I'm all for covering for the boys if it's something small you know. Something tiny that's like pretty easy to just whatever. Oh no he wasn't cheating off my homework. Uh, we did it together and he just didn't finish writing it down. You know something something like that. Fair. I don't know if you should take a whole laptop on the chin for somebody else. I feel like that's not a good decision. Especially if his parents just ask what happened and you tell them what happened. Like, I don't feel like that's that bad. You didn't make up a, a story where Lucas was worse. Especially on this one. Anyways, after, like, yelling at them, saying they were bad friends, he left. And they all kind of were like, alright, well, we're not ever gonna hang out with him again. And, uh, sure enough, they never did. Because you don't want to hang out with a dude like that. Don't know what I'm doing, doing Alright, so like I said, this was a story time that was sent in to me about a spoiled kid that ended up getting destroyed, which, you know, is obviously right up my alley, cause story times on here about spoiled kids getting wrecked do well, but on top of it, seeing a spoiled kid get destroyed at the hands of their own mother makes it even better, you know? Obviously because it means that that person has to have reached his level of reached, sorry, levels of spoiled never thought previously achievable by mankind, you know? If your own mom is out here calling you out, you had to have done something pretty 
pretty crazy. Anytime your mom ends up flaming you in front of a bunch of people and smacking you back down to reality and embarrassing you, that has to be a sign that, like, you were out of pocket because moms don't really love to roll around destroying their kid's ego. At least I don't think so, dude. Maybe your guys' moms were a little bit different, you know? Oh, what is that? You got some confidence? Yeah, let me punch you in the face and smash your Hot Wheel track. Regardless, you know, it uh, is a pretty great story. Anyways, it takes place at this subscriber's job. I'm not gonna say which restaurant they work at because it doesn't really matter, but it's a fast food restaurant and uh, obviously it's not like the most entertaining, romantic, fun place to be at. Anybody that's like, ah, the real, real fun job is working in fast food is lying. It's not fun, but regardless, you know, it is a job and it's a place where this subscriber works and he's worked for a bit. He's just in a situation where like, you know, it's convenient, it's close to his house, he doesn't hate it, it does pay him money, and on top of it, you know, he's a young kid, so even if, like, he did go get a different job, it would be something equally as crappy, so there's really no reason to leave. Regardless, he's used to people kind of leaving and getting the job very often. People don't tend to stay for a while, and one day he comes in and he sees that there's a new girl that they need to train. And obviously, he's got some experience training people at that point, so, you know, he goes over and introduces himself, and right off the bat, she's just insanely entitled. The first day, really not fun to work with, mainly because she doesn't want to do anything, you know? And listen, I'm all for, like, being lazy. Don't get it twisted, you know? That being said, there just comes to be a point where, like, you're at your job and you have to do the bare minimum to keep your job. And especially her attitude just did not work well with the industry she had chosen to work in, you know? She would just straight up refuse to do things that, like, 100% she knew she was going to have to do before she applied applied here, came to the interview, and got the job. Like, there's just certain things I've never worked in fast food, but if I did, I would just expect that I'm gonna have to do. Like, you know, it's just reality, you're probably gonna have to deal with an angry customer at some point if you get a job in fast food or customer service. Like, it just is what it is. But I think the best example of, like, this girl just refusing to do simple work was one time the subscriber, who was like an assistant manager, said, hey, I'm really busy cooking right now because we're in a lunch rush, drive through is slammed, can you take the trash out? And she looked at him, pulled out her phone, checked the time, and said, um, I don't really do trash, but you can do it, and I'll hold the door for you. And, like, obviously, he just couldn't really believe that she, like, didn't do trash, but had gotten a job at a place where, like, you know, obviously, after each lunch rush, you gotta take out the trash. Like, I worked at a grocery store, and taking out the trash was just one of the jobs we just had to do. Obviously, it kind of caught him off guard, but it wasn't, like, that was only her attitude with trash. It was other stuff that she just didn't do. She just didn't do touching raw food so she wouldn't cook anything. She just didn't do drive-through orders. Like, customers would talk and she just would punch in their order wrong. She didn't do dishes. Basically, she didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, she refused to take trash out. She refused to take orders. She refused to uh, basically do any of the stuff that you need to do to work at a restaurant. And listen, to each their own, if you're grossed out by everything that she didn't do, by all means, I'm not here to judge you be grossed out by it dude that being said it just seems kind of dumb to hate all the things that she apparently hated and then go get a job in a fast food restaurant where like all of those things are 95% of the job dealing with food taking out the trash from the food or taking orders from customers for their food is like all the work available anyways for the next two days the subscribers trying his best to make the most out of the situation and train her but it becomes very obvious to him and like the manager manager that this just isn't going to work that being said 
said they're going to give her an official warning and see if that, like, you know, changes anything about the work ethic. So the manager decides that the next time that she's got a shift, he's going to pull her aside and just give her a talk about how, like, hey, we just really need to see some more because things aren't working. However, it wasn't a huge restaurant, so it's not like the place had some, you know, meeting room, conference area. So he obviously just kind of had to pull her off to the side of the kitchen. And he wasn't trying to embarrass her at all. In fact, he was keeping his voice down as much as humanly possible while explaining that, like, when somebody asks her to do something, like take the trash out, you know, it's part of her job description. If she doesn't want to do it, that's fine. But it's not going to work with her working here if she's just refusing to do all of the things that, like, they need the workers to do. You know, by all means, I I wouldn't necessarily want to work with food either. That's why I just didn't go get a job in food. And anyways, he's trying to be quiet, but very quickly all the workers become aware of this conversation conversation because her reaction immediately goes from like a 2 to a 12 and she just starts screaming are you telling me how hard I need to work here and what I need to do as a worker here are you seriously trying to tell me what to do which you know I mean yeah it's annoying but like it's kind of the manager's job at the end of the day and obviously the manager is annoyed at that point because he's trying to be nice about it now he's getting yelled at and he's like no I literally just want you to do anything I'm not telling you how hard to work I'm telling you to work You literally just sit there and look at us during rushes and like look at the trash overflowing and just expect it to magically get emptied. There's a reason we hire people to do jobs. It's because it needs to get done. It's fine if you don't want to work here. That's okay. But this isn't working. You either need to change how you work here or you can't work here. Anyways, obviously the manager was like trying to be funny slash serious, but the spoiled girl did not like being told that she wasn't helping with anything, and so her next response was like, you know, she couldn't say that she was helping, so she decided to just start talking about how beneath her the job was instead. You know, the job that she had gone out of her way to apply for and then get. Like, that's what I don't understand when people start popping off about how this job sucks and it's beneath them while they have it. It's like, well, at some point you did go through all the work of getting it, you know? You think I need to work at a fast food restaurant? I so above this. Like, I'm not a loser like you. I don't plan on spending my adult life being the manager of a fast food restaurant. My parents are loaded. I don't need any of this. If my parents give me a tenth of what they have, then, like, I would never have to work again just going off and off about how like everyone who works here is a loser and she's above it which you know congratulations to your parents for being rich but I don't really understand why you have to be calling everybody that does have to work a loser a job is a job you know just because you don't like your job doesn't mean that like everybody who works here is somehow now stupid and doesn't deserve to like not have to ever work here for the rest of their life forever in her mind you know they just eat sleep and breathe this fast food restaurant like they're NPCs that just stop being rendered when they leave the restaurant. Anyways, the manager somehow manages to stay calm. Uh, you know, kudos, I guess. I, I probably couldn't have. And at that point, he looks at her after her little rant about how everyone's beneath her and her parents are loaded, and he says, well, I'm glad you plan on mooching off your parents forever and don't need this job because, uh, as of right now, you're fired and it's not yours anyways. And her face kind of, like, goes, uh, and he's like, you don't need to finish your shift. You go ahead and go home. You don't need to come back. I'll put your last paycheck in the mail. Don't bother to come get it and obviously everybody is just kind of standing there witnessing this and their mouths are open too because it was in the side of the kitchen there wasn't a lot of customers there but everyone's like oh regardless that's probably the best play i mean if you're arguing with
arguing with somebody that's saying that like you're a loser for having your job and you suck then like what are you really going to say other than I disagree you know you can't be like you're right I am a loser obviously at that point it's probably best to just fire them because like if they think that they're above all the work there then they're just never gonna do it you know I mean, seems pretty simple. Like, if you really think that you're above doing homework, then, like, if you were getting paid to be at school, it just wouldn't make sense for you to be there. Anyways, the spoiled girl almost, like, can't believe that she got fired. Somehow, I think in her mind, the boss was gonna be like, whoa, 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 you're right. Your parents are loaded. You should work here. We need someone with rich parents here. Like, even after calling him a loser, saying that everyone that works here sucks, that she was gonna keep her job. I don't really understand how she thought that, dude. Regardless, you know, he's like, no, you're actually fired and at that point she does the age-old classic you can't fire me I quit and starts to storm out of like the building and as she's storming out the building she starts just kind of knocking stuff onto the floor from all the shelves which doesn't punish the manager you're just making everybody have to pick up more but regardless she's just knocking stuff down and everyone else is just kind of standing there in shock not knowing what to say about all of this because it wasn't even like they expected any of this to go down especially the subscriber the assistant manager is especially confused Because keep in mind, all of this was supposed to be a warning. Like, they weren't going to fire her today. They were going to warn her and be like, hey, you really need to step up, uh, you know, the work you've been doing. They didn't plan on it turning into a screaming match and everyone getting fired. But, you know, everyone's just kind of sitting there surprised. With that being over, though, everybody just decides to, like, kind of try to go back to as much normal as you could possibly have after something like that. So they just decide to figure out how it goes today and see what's up. And, you know, they at least think that it's over. They'll never see her again again and cause any problems so they clean up the kitchen and go about the rest of the day the flow of the kitchen worked better it just felt like a less stressful environment and honestly you'd be surprised how much easier work is to do with people that are willing to do work I know I know it seems crazy but it's almost like that makes anything substantially easier is when people are willing to help regardless the entire day everybody's obviously joking about what went down and they think that like oh that's the last we'll ever see of that crazy lady ha 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 anyways the next day the subscriber is working on the register and it's pretty slow there hasn't been a lot of customers and in comes the spoiled girl who had worked the day before you know and uh, an older woman and the spoiled girl is basically beat red and he instantly get the vibe that like she does not want to be here but this older woman that he assumes is her mom had brought her here to like you know either apologize get her paycheck figure out something but regardless it looks like the spoiled girl is not very happy to be here And they both walk up to the counter and the mom says like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah's mom, you know? And he's like, hi, I'm the assistant manager. How can I help you? And she's like, well, I understand that my daughter quit yesterday and we're here to get her job back. Is the uh, manager here? And obviously the assistant manager is kind of like, uh-oh, is this going to be a Karen situation? You know, usually when somebody freaks out, you assume it's because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and their parents freak out too. So he's like, yeah, the manager's here, you know? And he decides to just go get the manager and have him deal with it so he goes back into the kitchen tells the manager that the girl and her mom are here and the manager's face kind of turns like white as a ghost and he's like oh no you know they're both expecting that they're gonna go out there and karen's gonna start just yelling at them for daring to fire her sweet little angel so the manager starts kind of hyping himself out to walk up there he's expecting to have a battle with the with a karen like he's you know fighting the kraken and he's johnny depp and in, in pirates of the caribbean so on the way up he's like hyping himself up you know no you you have to be able to take the trash out to work here you know he's just 
trying to hype himself up a bit to get into the right mindset to argue with this lady. And so finally, he gets out there and the mom's like, hi, it's great to meet you. I understand that my daughter quit, you know? She's managed to lose every other job she's ever had and she really can't afford to lose this one. So is there anything that we can do to like fix this situation and make it so that she doesn't lose her employment, you know? She really can't manage to keep a job and I need to make sure that this doesn't happen. Obviously, the manager is kind of caught off guard because he didn't expect her to try to like be here and understand and be reasonable, all right? He was expecting to get screamed at. So he's kind of like, um, well, I don't necessarily know if this is something that we could fix only because, uh, you know, the freak out that your daughter had when she quit. And obviously the mom's like, what do you mean? My daughter said that like she had quit her job because you guys had gotten into an argument, you know, and, and things had started yelling at each other. And he's like, well, obviously we had gotten into an argument. Yeah. But before she quit, she had started going off about how she didn't need this job because it was beneath her because you, he points at the mom, are extremely rich. And even if she gets one tenth of what you have, she'll never have to work a stupid job like this again. And, you know, obviously I get it. I've said stuff when I'm mad before, but like the rest of the team here isn't necessarily stoked about the idea of being co-workers with somebody that literally thinks that they're human garbage, you know? And the entire time he's explaining this, the mom is just looking more and more embarrassed, turning red. And finally, he like goes through some more of what he's explaining and then wraps it up in a nice little bow, basically restating, I can't rehire her because she called the entire team losers, said that I'm a loser and that she's above all of this and just doesn't really like to work. So no, there's just not really a situation where we can fix this. And obviously after he rests his case, he leans back and you know, he's expecting that the mom might yell at him, but it is what it is. And the mom's kind of looking at him for a second and she's just like thinking, you can tell that the wheels are turning and finally she just turns to her spoiled kid and starts to go off after like processing all that I think in her mind she was trying to decide how realistic it was that her kid did all that you know and when it finally came like no yeah that probably happened that was the reaction that transpired just lays into her you are not above any job what's wrong with you you know the fact that you haven't been able to hold a job at all and are insulting others for their hard work is insane you wish that you would be able to to get promoted to be a fast food manager at this point considering every job you have fires you after a less than a month you know as you were saying to them it is true that me and your dad have a lot of money but guess what me and your dad have a lot of money you don't you're broke in this situation and you can't keep acting like my money is yours you seriously think that I'm just gonna take care of you forever and just give you money while you bounce from job to job and then quit or get fired when they like expect you to do the bare minimum amount of work which which I mean, every, like the manager is just sitting there listening to all of this awkward because he doesn't know what to say at all. Now he's in the middle of this giant family drama just trying to explain what's going on. And the mom just keeps going off after uh, a little bit, though. She finally calms down after one more time being like, you're not above anything. What's wrong with you? And the spoiled girl is just kind of sitting there slack jawed because obviously she hadn't expected it to go this way. She had expected mom to be like, team, get the job back and yell at this guy who had been mean. But no, instead, the manager had just kind of explained what happened and the mom had realized, uh-oh, maybe the fact that none of these jobs can be kept has nothing to do with the manager at every single location. Listen, I've had a bad manager. I've had several bad managers. Trust me, it happens. That being said, if you've had like 27 jobs, chances are the managers are not the problem. You know what I mean? 
And then the daughter's response to all this, though, is start trying to say that the work they expected her to do was insane and that there's no way she would be able to do it just because of like what she'd become accustomed to. And the mom is like, oh, is taking out the trash too hard? No wonder your room smells so bad. And everybody just kind of giggled a little bit. And at that point, the Karen mom looked around and realized that like all the customers, all the workers, they were all staring. And so to get out of there, she looked at the manager and said, I'm really sorry for my daughter's behavior. I understand why she can't have her job back. And they both get up and start walking out of the restaurant, dude. And the entire time, the mom doesn't say a word, but the daughter is just looking straight down at the ground. She literally doesn't have the nerve to look any person in the eye. But I mean, how could you in this situation? Imagine convincing your mom to come with you to this fast food restaurant to yell at the manager and get your job back. And then the manager is explaining what happened and your mom realizes, ah, crap, that's not the case. And then like, you know, she starts screaming at you in front of everybody saying you deserve to get fired. Yeah, I probably would have kept my head down too, dude. I can't even judge her too much for that, man. If anything, at least that humanizes her a little bit and she realized that she had a reason to be embarrassed right then. Regardless, they're walking out of the restaurant and everybody's just kind of watching them leave. Anyways, they leave and everybody just starts laughing because, you know, they had been dealing with this crap. They had just automatically assumed that the mom was obviously similar, you know, the source of the entitlement. But no, apparently she had had nothing to do with all of this. The only question at that point is, like, where did the entitlement come from? You know, if the mom was really upset about it and, like, pissed off about the fact that she was saying all this, then, like, where did she get the idea that she could just do whatever she wanted because her parents were rich, you know? I also love that the mom said that, like, listen, I'm rich, you're not rich. I feel like that's something that a lot more of the the rich kids gotta be hearing these days. Because let's be honest here, if your dad is a millionaire, then, you know, that's great for him. He's successful. Kudos to your dad. But, like, you're not your dad. If your mom's a billionaire, bro, you are not your mom. You're the kid. Sure, I'm sure life has been a little bit better. Maybe you got to go on cooler vacations and stuff. But you still have to, like, work your way up. You don't get to just skip the first 30 steps on the ladder because your dad and mom made a bunch of money. You're not in charge of their bank account. You can't liquidate your parents' 401k and put it all into NFTs no matter how badly you want to, dude. Mom, you don't understand. Your retirement would be so much better if you focused more on bored apes instead of dividend-yielding stocks. What's wrong with you? Anyways, you would think at that point that this girl would have just been so embarrassed that like she never came back to this restaurant she never had the nerve to show up but no somehow the girl was not ashamed enough to never show her face again about two weeks later the subscriber was like on the drive-thru you know and he's taking orders and he ends up hearing a voice that he thought was familiar and he's like nah there's no way that she would come back because like you know she was just so embarrassed her mom had like made fun of her so badly why would she choose to come back to this restaurant but sure enough he's waiting and he sees it pull up to the window he's at where he takes like the the card to pay for it and so it comes around and sure enough it's the same spoiled girl but she's now like pretending to wear a disguise she has a really bad wig on and like you know you can still see her original hair underneath the other wig so it just didn't even do a job of disguising it with big sunglasses and whatever she comes up and she's paying for her order and she's like this place has gone really downhill and she says the date that she ended up quitting on you know 
And obviously the subscriber knew at that point that like, oh, it's this spoiled girl coming back to try to, you know, make us feel bad about the day she quit because our restaurant has sucked since then. So he decided to mess with her and he's like, honestly, ever since that day, I feel like everything has run way more smooth. Like if anything, I feel like our restaurant has been on a rocket ship straight up since then. And her face kind of contorted into an insulted face, but obviously, you know, she had decided to come all disguised so she couldn't just run around the corner and like, or argue with them. She was in the car, not around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like, she couldn't start fighting with him. So, obviously, you know, she's like, yeah, well, I guess that's your opinion. And then paid for her order. So, she goes back to the food window and everyone's kind of like, wait, this is her. So, he goes to the other window to give her the food, the same guy. And so, he gives her the food. And she's like, thank you so much. Wait, weren't you the guy that took my order? And he goes, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you had a great day. And then he said her name. And I don't know if she really thought the disguise was going to work. Like, nobody knew who she was. But sure enough, as soon as he said her name and she realized that she had been busted, she decided to, like, slam on the gas and, like, grab the bag of food like Cruella DeVille and do a little peel out with uh, the, the burger bag. I'm just flabbergasted she had the nerve to come back, dude. It was probably the fear of realizing that she had been caught that made her be like, I need to get out of here now. I just feel like after your mom has embarrassed you that hard right in front of everybody, it's weird to come back and try to convince them that life was better when you worked there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this was a subscriber story that was sent in to me, and the person that sent this in to me went to a relatively small school, so it's not like new kids were a common occurrence. Not that it is, even at a big school, but like, you know, whenever somebody new came to this school, it tended to be the, it was the talk of the town and the school for like the next week just because of how few people were usually there. And so whenever it would happen, you know, whatever the new kid, whoever it was, would kind of be the talk of the school and people would give them a hard time. And uh, I've never really gotten it, you know, it's not that fancy to be new at a school to me. Like, oh wow, you're the new kid. Yes, yeah, sure, indeed, you know, but everybody kind of treats you like you're in a zoo. Regardless, one day the subscriber walks into a class and they see a new kid in the seat next to him. So he goes and sits down and they're just kind of not talking for a bit and finally he looks over and introduces himself and he tells the new kid you know if you need anything let me know welcome to the town welcome to school like it's nice to meet you overall being pretty nice you didn't have to do all that but just whatever it's probably hard to be new in town so just be nice and the new guy ends up being pretty nice all things considered you know he uh, says thank you and that his name is Eddie and one of the first things that the subscriber noticed about Eddie is Eddie's a pretty large kid I'm talking like 6'4 they probably probably weighs as much of a smart as a smart car and not in a bad way you know you know when somebody's just tall and built and you could tell that they could probably like throw a desk through a wall you know that was just the vibe that this dude got from Eddie not just throw a desk through a wall either but you know like when superheroes throw something through a wall and it goes through a bunch of them and then everybody kind of like looks through and they're like whoa because there's all these holes in the wall that's how strong Eddie looked regardless the subscriber got the vibe that Eddie was just the type of person that you really wouldn't want to pick a fight with especially if you didn't have to but after this class it just so happened that like lunch was next up so obviously when the bell rang you know he was like hey Eddie I'm guessing you don't know where the lunchroom is so just come with me you can sit with me and my friends you know he just figured figured it was like the nice thing to do. And as they're walking and talking to lunch, they're kind of just talking, introducing themselves to each other. And Eddie mentions that his dad used to own a jujitsu gym and he's done it forever. So like on top of already just being a very large, tall dude, he's also apparently got some light combat training. And you know, he just kind of, uh, the subscriber makes a mental note in his head not to piss him off. Because if somebody's 6'4", bigger than you and knows martial arts, it's probably not a good idea to mess with them. I'm not saying you should let him steal your cheese sticks or anything, alright? You don't want to let him
them walk all over you. That being said, you just want to pick your battles a little bit wisely here. Anyways, they get to lunch, they order their food, and they ended up sitting down and starting to eat, and they're goofing off and just kind of joking around, and Eddie's being a cool dude. But like I said, for whatever reason at this school, you know, it was small and everyone was obsessed with the new kid. So there was this group of dudes that were just kind of known for being the jerks of the school, a little bit of a bully squad, you know, and they started coming over to the table to kind of haze Eddie a little bit. And hazing, for those of you that don't know, is basically when you give, like, a new person a hard time because they're new, you know? Regardless, this group of three like football player dudes walked up and they're kind of known for messing with everybody and they start to mess with Eddie one of them like flicked Eddie on the ear which is a rough start you know and was like hey loser and Eddie was obviously really confused you would expect people to like walk up to you and be like hey man somebody walking up behind you you don't know flicking you and being like you're a loser just reads like something more from like an 80s movie than it does the way you should actually interact with a person whatever Eddie doesn't really get to him though he's just kind of like hi nice to meet you it was obvious that Eddie wasn't gonna like play into this thing and freak out and get scared because that's kind of what they wanted you know but when he didn't get mad or upset it's almost like these three dudes took it as a challenge and one of the other ones says something about how like oh we haven't seen you before are you new here and Eddie obviously is like yeah I'm new here and they say well since you're new here you didn't know the rules but there's some rules that you just need to follow around here all right so we're gonna explain them to you can you follow and Eddie's like yeah man I'll follow like what's the rules you know me smiling being as nice as could be if somebody walked up to me and started being like you're new and don't know the rules around here I'd be like last time I checked there's no rules in the lunchroom pal but whatever Eddie was just trying to be a nice guy and like just yo hey what are the rules then explain it to me I'm willing to listen and they're like well first we're gonna take some of your lunch and then one of them grabbed the chocolate milk off of Eddie's tray and Eddie is like all right you know I don't really like that rule so you're gonna give me my milk back like that one doesn't apply to me and they obviously don't really like that answer so they start trying to make fun of him like oh look at this idiot who wants his milk back what does he think he is mall security like what are you gonna do about it and Eddie at that point is still sitting down and he's like listen guys it's my first day I don't want any trouble I don't want to have an issue but you know can I have my milk back and they all start making fun of him even more they're like you're lucky it's just the milk that we're gonna take you know you're an idiot we could have taken your whole lunch what are you gonna do about it in fact tomorrow we're gonna come back and you're gonna give us your milk again and at that point Eddie had just kind of had enough it's not literally the fact that they took his chocolate milk like that doesn't matter right it's just the fact that like if he doesn't stand up for himself now then these dudes are probably going to come take his milk every lunch and just annoy him you know if you cave into somebody that's like oh I'm gonna bully you like they're just gonna keep doing it and he had given them a chance to not have a problem and give the milk back so at that point Eddie just kind of stands up and he's like yeah that's not how this is gonna go down and like I said Eddie was tall he's like 6'4 but he's only four inches taller than like all these dudes that are messing with him which is a big height difference but there's three of them and one of Eddie so like they don't go running off into a bush like a rat they still think they've got a chance and they start kind of shoving him a little bit. They're like, what are you going to do about it, bro? There's three of us and one of you. And they're shoving him, and Eddie's like, listen, guys, I really don't want to fight. Just give me the milk, otherwise we're going to have a problem. And then they're like, oh, well, then I guess we're going to have a problem because we're not going to give it back. And as the guy's saying that, he, like, picks up the milk and shoves it into Eddie's chest. And the Eddie, like, takes the guy's hand with the milk on it. And he pulls it back into this dude's chest, and then he just punches the milk carton as hard as humanly possible. So it goes into this dude's chest like he punches him and the force that he does it with causes the milk to kind of pop up 
And when the milk pops up, it just goes all over this dude's face, into his eyes, you know, up his nose. It's basically a chocolate flashbang. And at that point, Eddie just takes the time to punch him in the stomach. And at that point, the dude, like, kind of doubles over a bit. That's what you do if you get punched in the stomach out of nowhere. And the other two guys take this as their time to swing, you know. And one of them connects right with Eddie onto the ear. And obviously, if you punched me in the ear, dude, I'd probably go down. I'm not saying I'm tough. But Eddie, being in a situation where he's used to fighting, shakes it off pretty quickly and then dodges the other punch coming in. And at that point, it's evident to everybody in the cafeteria that a fight is going on. And so the crowd of people starts to come around and be like, fight, 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 fight. You know, if you've ever been in a fight at school, you know it's really weird because as soon as you start swinging, there's a crowd. It feels like you're in Street Fighter 2, dude. Everybody's telling you to do an A-B punch combo. Anyways, at that point, it's time for Eddie to start swinging. He's a lot larger than them, so obviously when he connects, it's, it's gonna leave a mark and so he kind of swings an uppercut and he catches one of the other kids on the chin and that dude just kind of goes back it's not like he was knocked out or anything but it definitely was a hard hit and it wasn't like he wanted to get back up and take another one and on top of it you know it was hard enough where you're like eh, I'm, I'm not gonna rush back in maybe he would have gotten up after a couple minutes and tried to fight him again but he definitely got his bell rung enough to go all right all right I don't necessarily want to rush back in and fight that dude anymore in this very moment and at that point the dude who he had punched in the stomach and hit to like pop the milk in his face comes back around so it's back to being a two-on-one he's basically just kind of taking turns taking care of one but the dude who has the milk all over him just kind of starts running at Eddie to tackle him right and so Eddie gets lower than him gets his hands around his waist and just kind of picks him up turns him over and slams him and everybody who's watching it is like oh because if you know you've ever seen a fight and somebody gets body slammed that just tends to be the reaction it's insane to watch and so at that point he's like all right I'm done he's just kind of laying down and so there's only one person left from this group that's been trying to mess with him and Eddie's like yo where are you going and the kids are just trying to like blend into the crowd and get out of there I think he had had enough and while Eddie's yelling at him everybody kind of realizes he's trying to run away so he drops it he realizes that it's probably better to let him run away and like not chase him down for his own sake and on top of it it makes him look worse like no one's gonna respect the dude that started a fight and then tried to run away after his other two friends got beat up and at that point it was probably for the best because like through the crowd starts to come teachers and they start coming into the circle yelling and the teachers are pissed but Eddie's not trying to argue with them he doesn't want to fight with them you know he's not trying to get a reputation as a dude that's going to swing on the teacher or anything you know and so he just very calmly is like hey all right I understand I'll go with you to the office and they all get gathered up and they get taken and that's how you know somebody really won the fight you know like usually the person who loses the fight is trying to be like oh let me at him let me at him I'm not done swinging on him if the person just like very calmly all right you know I got in a fight it's now time to go to the office and accept my punishment that probably means that they won the fight pretty handily you know obviously Eddie was aware of the fact that like he was going to get in trouble for fighting there's never a case where you punch three people in the face on the first day that you're there and like don't get in trouble but that being said he didn't really feel like he had a choice only because they kept saying that they were just gonna keep messing with him over and over again and the fact that they were already like flicking him in the ear insulting him what are you supposed to do in that situation you know they start threatening to beat you up and steal from you every day sometimes you got to stand up for yourself I'm not saying you should be trying to get in fights don't get it twisted avoid it at all costs but if somebody's like oh all three of us are gonna beat you up and steal your stuff and you're like you know a karate master hey there's a reason that you learn karate you know I know nothing about martial arts I understand jujitsu and karate are different but you guys get what I'm saying if you're gonna learn the way of punching people eventually you might have to do it but you should avoid it it's like despite 
Spider-Man powers, great power, great responsibility thing. Anyways, they all get taken to the office, and obviously, in the uh, current state of just how school works, they have to suspend literally everybody involved. I think that's the dumbest rule ever. Hey, this kid punched you in the face. Did you punch him back? Yep. All right, equal punishment for both of you. You know, even if you have to get both of them in trouble, I feel like you should punish the people that are being the aggressive ones in the fight. Either way, they all ended up getting suspended. Uh, Eddie's parents were not necessarily thrilled about it, but hey, what you gonna do? He was just trying to stand up for himself. But what ended up being uh, really, really funny is, you know, these, like, dudes who had come to pick on Eddie had been trying to, you know, mess with him, make him look bad, make him look like a coward, just bully him a little bit, and it ended up very much backfiring, because obviously one person being able to beat up three people that were known as the bullies before definitely messes up the whole power dynamic, like, they go to mess with some nerd's locker, and he's like, alright, I can't take all three of you, but I can definitely take one, so they started getting made fun of way more for trying to pick a fight with the new guy for no reason, which is kind of how it should be, you know, not that anyone deserves to be messed with, but like, if you're going around trying to bully everybody and steal their milk and whatnot, and then you guys are so wimpy that all three of you get beat up by the new kid, you can't be surprised when you can't bully anyone anymore. They're just like, well, what are you gonna do? Get beat up again? And Eddie became a, a little bit of a legend, you know, as, as far as legends can be. Like, you're gonna get a reputation as somebody people don't want to mess with and a pretty, uh, cool guy if you take like a 3v1 situation flip it's on its head and the fact that he like didn't necessarily fight with the teachers at all and was very respectful during the whole thing made the administration not hate him either obviously they weren't thrilled with the fighting no like school administrator can admit that but at the same time they were uh maybe a, a little bit uh nicer to him after the fact than everybody else involved regardless i guess the moral of the story is like just don't mess with people in general but if you do make sure that they don't know jujitsu and probably just avoid fighting people in general that are brand new because you have no idea when they might 720 no scope you. I, I know this was definitely a shorter story, but I figured it was one you guys would enjoy. On that note, though, that's gonna do it. Press the like button, and of course, be sure to comment down below. It really helps the video do better, and I would appreciate it. And if you want to be a real G, you could subscribe and turn on notifications. If you really want to help me out, I'll put a link to the intro song down below, along with a link to my podcast, The Scuffed Cast, or you could use code SCRUBBY at the G Fuel checkout. It's a great way to get a discount on G Fuel. Two more things I gotta plug real quick. First things first, I do put some of my story times up on Spotify, so if you want to check that out, I will put that link in the top of the description. I'd really appreciate you going ahead and giving them a listen, or you could go ahead and check out the merch. It is the coolest merch to ever exist, if I do get to say so myself. I know I'm a little bit biased, but uh, that link can be found in the bottom of the description, so be sure to check it out. And uh, yeah, on that note, guys, I think that'll do it. Thank you all so much for watching. One more time, just uh, press the like button, comment down below if you could. I would appreciate it. And uh, yeah, on that note, guys, thank you so much. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. And hopefully I will see each and every single one of you guys next time with another video. I'm out. Peace.